Hey there, uh, this is a super long episode already, so I will get the intro done very quick. We would like to thank Aaron Green, Corey Butler, Banshee Beat, Eric Jedrazak, and Bree Girth. All of these people have gone to patreon.com slash duckvtv and supported this show and others like it on our network. Once again, that is patreon.com slash duckvtv. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are continuing our discussion of Disco Elysium, uh, which is yeah. a computer role-playing game. Um, and it's a very big game, a very dense game. It's dense, big, good. Mm-hmm. It's a big, delicious thing that <laughs> is uh, dense and good. Dense and good, like a like a, some kind of good, dense good cake <laughs> it's good yes and uh, it's cake you know, i've I, definitely i've yeah. been rolling it around in my head ever since i finished it and since we talked last week yeah and i i every time i pick up another video game mm-hmm. i'm like why am i not playing disco elysium yeah like i've seen you know? most of the stuff that's there but disco elysium is very good yeah it'd be fun to see it again yeah you know, I keep like it, me and Will keep it's like they don't make, you know, good video games about plumbers who jump on things. They make good video games about drunk detectives who solve crimes mm-hmm. like that. That's what they do. That's what they you do. Know? That's all there is nowadays. Yeah, this yeah. is this is a this is a sea change game. It's like <laughs> Dark Souls or what have you. Like, it's yeah. gonna be hard for a little bit to to go back to things that, you know, especially like in this genre. I think that the next time I play, I think the next big CRPG I play for fun is going to have to be Torment. So you and can titrate it, down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, and, and it's been, a, it's, I'm due for a tournament playthrough and they put it on switch and such. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, you know, next time I play like, you know, pillow, when I finally get around to pillars of eternity too, mm-hmm. like, I think that game is good. Like, I bet that's supposed to be really good. It's supposed to be better than the first one, yeah. but you'll enjoy it. It's gonna be a little rough, mm-hmm. just a little rough going because of the yeah. long shadow. Yeah, I mean, especially in a game that is, you know, that has a large narrative component. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That Witcher 3 factor as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I was hard for a little while to go back to things after that. Yep. Um, it's nice. It's a blessing. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, so this the, the, this is continuing. Uh, we should probably say this episode is also um, uh, executive produced by, by, by Chicken Riggies, by Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yep. we said that last time, but bears repeating here. But uh, we're, we are uh, playing this because of a Patreon backer. Yeah. Um, we're past the generalities. We are going to be talking about, uh, you know, uh, the rest of the game in detail, full spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to try to keep up a little bit of a pace just so we're not here until we're dead. 
because uh, yes. again, it's very dense, and there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, you know, I don't want to give any of it short shrift because it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that is the like a caveat is that I went through and I like watched on YouTube. I went to the stuff I wasn't able to get to fire. Yeah, um, there's some things I still have not seen. Yeah, so this is not going to be all inclusive, and something that came out in the discussions around the first episode in the Slack that it probably applies to people who are not in the Slack who are listening. But um, this is a, uh, a a game that is rich with uh, exclusive content. Yeah. So anything, uh, for example, we surmise possibly that you cannot get into the doors in the Whirling and Rags, mm-hmm. and you 100% can. Oh. Uh, a bunch of people told us this. Um, so just know that like it is a thing where, uh, you know, every, every playthrough is going to be a little bit different mm-hmm. of this in a way that is uh, really neat. Yeah. You know, so if we talk about something that we got, you didn't get, hey, cool. But if we say like, hey, we didn't know we can get into that. It just, we didn't make those die rolls, man. Right. Like it, it's all random. <laughs> like yeah. it, it's a, the game hides tons of its light under a bushel. Like the comparison mm-hmm. I thought of was, it would be like if Dark Souls was 60% the painted world of Ariamis. Yeah. Like tons of just really cool encounters that are totally optional. Yeah. Just away in the, uh, away in the corners. Like I never found the godly, the man who is so rich that light bends around him. I, I found him and couldn't make the check, so I ended oh. up watching that on YouTube. But mm-hmm. I just did not have the stats to open the door. You know? Yeah. So. Where, 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 where's he uh, at? Like, what door is he behind? Uh, oh, he's uh, in the... I'll, I'll definitely talk about that, because okay. it's an amazing encounter. Um, <laughs> he's in the he's in a shipping container. Ah. He travels that way because people of low net worth oftentimes uh, flock people who have high net worth. Mm. So he avoids them. Gotcha. Um, it's it's nice and private because basically <laughs> he would be torn apart by being for being a triple digit billionaire. Right. Um, but it, what what an incredible idea. <laughs> uh, you know, it's also it's you know in the same way that Disco Elysium, you never know what is real and what what is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim does not see him as light bending around him. Like right. it is your specific, you know, uh, uh, inland empireness mm-hmm. that allows you to to see that effect. But it is pretty incredible the idea of getting so wealthy that like the physics, physics no longer work. <laughs> Yeah, physics no longer work. Yeah, you are a uh, black extremely hole. Extremely Grant Morrison idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really, really good. It's mm-hmm. a great encounter. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's let's get started. We're going to get through everything we can uh, in this episode. This is either going to be one really long second mm-hmm. episode. If we have to break it up just for funzos, we will, and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, let's go. Let's do it. So uh, the last episode, we covered uh, basically everything that plausibly, most things that plausibly could happen on the first day. Uh, There are a few things here that we're going to get to that are possible to get to on the first day. But, you know, we ran out of time in that first episode. But, um, you know, the the first three days are pretty big for like in the morning, something new is opened up for you. Specifically the first three days. Yeah. Um, after that new incident kind of slows down, mm-hmm. um, you know, we talked about this last episode. I think the time limit is 10 days, mm-hmm. uh, in this, uh, if you are still listening to this and you haven't played it, don't rush. Yeah. I wish that I had taken a little slower cause I just, I felt an urgency of time. Mm-hmm. Um, also just real quick pockets. Okay. If anybody <laughs> is worried about these emergency meows, I'm moving. So I'm packing and he's really anxious about it. Yeah. But that is what's going on with his, uh, little yelps. Yeah. He's not, uh, under duress. I'm not like, you know. Showing mm-hmm. him pictures of his trying to get him to remember his parents and stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not psychologically torturing him on the side. No, no, I, 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 so. I can, I can vouch. Gary takes very good care of Pocket. Yeah, I love Pocket very much. He's just, uh, he's that boy ain't right. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah. Uh, so you begin uh, day two, um, and uh, like every time you go to sleep, you have this uh, these kind of like arguments, like in your sleep. Like we talked about the the dreams you had, but when you wake up on this day, um, you end up having an argument between your volition and your electrochemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, basically about speed. Like volition is your willpower, saying you do not need more speed. Electrochemistry. Is- chemistry is saying oh we very much need more speed mm-hmm. um you know having a little bit of speed in your system was the only thing that got you through yesterday right yeah um and this led me to believe that we're, there would be more of a withdrawal sy- system in in this in the game but there actually yeah. isn't there's not really a downside to being a teetotaler to being a straight edge cop in this yeah i was 100 percent a straight edge cop the only thing it takes in the game to get clean is not wanting to disappoint kim mm-hmm. and that's really powerful yes uh so <laughs> um the uh i don't know where else to put this because it's not related to a thing did okay. you ever uh insist on kim telling you a secret uh you know what i think that i i think that i tried once and he put up a resistance and then i couldn't find where to talk to him to get him to say it again if you uh, insist, so I went through in an old save and played a bunch mm-hmm. uh, between last time we recorded and this time. Um, if you insist on giving him a secret, he raises an eyebrow and you physically can't speak because his authority skill is supernatural. <laughs> okay. Like he just has an he just holds an eyebrow there going, yes, you're going to say something <laughs> and you can't speak in the face of his eyebrow because uh, it, it, it's too much, too discouraging. <laughs> uh, very good. That's extremely good. Yeah. God damn it. Um <laughs> So we meet up with Kim. This this happens every morning. Um, he's waiting outside of where wherever you happen to sleep. Mm-hmm. And the big difference with this day is that the Union Tufts, uh, the Hardy Boys, are now in their like specific section of the restaurant. Yes, he says, "Hey, these are the guys who act like the police. Um, you know, the Union uses them to basically um, enforce whatever authority they need to. Uh, yeah. So you know, like you can decide, like." Do you want to go talk to them now or do you want to do like a power play by walking past them and coming back to them later? Yeah, suggestion <laughs> will will tell you to do that. Uh, so that's a possibility. Uh, also down here, something that is new is uh, Lena, the cryptozoologist's wife. Uh, she is here. She's talking to uh, our cafeteria manager, Gart, a.k.a. the uh, the Kickstarter backer guy. Uh, mm-hmm. She wants to use the phone, but there is no phone for her to use. Like the one here, the line went down. Um, and the, the only functional phone in all of Martinet is, uh, in the union. Yeah. See, they actually mentioned there's one across, like down the coast as well. Oh yeah. Um, when you're talking to, uh, I can't remember the name, the lady who quit the restaurant. Oh yeah. Because of you, Sylvie. Uh, you can learn a little bit about Sylvie. You can learn about, uh, the number of functioning phones on the Island. Yes. Um, but regardless, uh, she wants this cause she was waiting for her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, you can talk to her, um, and she says, okay, well, you know, I'll stay a little bit longer waiting for him. He's looking for something called the insulidian phasmid, uh, which is a crypto animal, um, mm-hmm. in this nearby fishing village. And you can say like, I can, Hey, I can help him. Mm-hmm. I can find him. Uh, Kim doesn't like this. Ultimately he does Yep. <laughs> again in the way that, you know, Kim, Kim secretly doesn't mm-hmm. like it. And boy, in no universe did I think this would be as important. Uh huh. As it was to the emotional core of this game, the way that this uh, pays off at the very end is shocking to me. It's the stuff of legends. Yeah, like it, it is. You know, it's it's really incredible stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. So one of the uh, the you know people we can we can mention to you if we head uh, head outside. Um, we can run out by the apartment. We can see there is this uh, young woman who is kind of dressed in like, as an old woman, like rags and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Cindy the Skull. 
Um, she's kind of a punk and she's working on graffiti. Yes. At this point behind the, uh, the apartment building. Yeah. Uh, they're painting in this bright red substance that actually uh, turns out to be the fuel that is used in the RCP's uh, cars. Like it is used yeah. to specifically identify like when fuel has been, uh, has been stolen. Um, mm-hmm. But she is up there and, you know, she's shouting on you. She's working on this stuff. You can have a conversation with her. Uh, there's a big blank wall that you can examine uh, that if your conceptualization mm-hmm. is high enough, you can make your own graffiti on there. Uh, my mm-hmm. conceptualization, my conceptualization was legendarily low, um, mm. so I was not able to make that happen. Uh, did that uh, end up working out for you? Nope. That is one of the the few things I knew existed that I never got a chance to get fire yeah. to have fire. Um, Kim just got annoyed that he's like, "Why must we always stop and look at this wall every time?" <laughs> you know, and it's like, "Well, I'm I'm sorry, man. I'm yeah. just trying to do video game stuff. I'm, I'm fascinated by um, potential, Kim." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we, so we spot a guy who is out on the balcony of the apartment building, which overlooks the back of the hostel. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can talk to him. Uh, he is smoking. He is very queer coded. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we talk to him, he gives a, a fake name, uh, is Martin Martinez yes. and is really evasive and kind of suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, he dodges our questions and he basically says, you know, listen, you know, I, I wasn't over there or I wasn't really watching that same night. I had a Sunday friend over. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody else was also asking around the case. Um, he won't stay outside. He'll go back in. But if uh, you get a certain check, mm-hmm. he'll eye, like eyeball towards a rock where you can find a key to the apartment complex Ooh, okay. under it. And then you can go in there and pr- pursue him and talk to him another time. Nice. I got in so. by harassing an old woman who was sweeping um, in the back ah. hallways. Yeah. I just yeah. rang the doorbell until she let me in. <laughs> no, he, he gives you the hint. He wants you in. Yeah. Uh, he just doesn't want to be perceived as mm-hmm. cooperating with the police, of course. Yes. Don't want to be a snitch, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can go up there. Uh, for me, it was only open on day three, but it makes sense to kind of address this all at once because you don't get an mm-hmm. awful lot of very important information for the case. But we do learn about the government here. Um, so, you know, you go up late at night and he really doesn't stick around. Like he just uh, is here to, you know, to, to have you meet up with his Sunday friend. Uh, who is yes. actually an official, like he is a, a bureaucrat with the coalition. His name is Charles Vildrun, um, yeah. and he is from the Institute of Price Stability. Um, yep. <laughs> so we're going to like talk to somebody who is of a true believer, a functionary, and a mouthpiece for moral intern. Yeah. Yeah, um, we're this is kind of giving you know this is doing double duty, filling out the world, mm-hmm. and kind of one of those core philosophies of the game economically, and then also getting some really key information about uh, the crime. Yes, um, this is where you know it looks like a lynching, lynching, and they they say that they witnessed it as a lynching, mm-hmm. um, but it was in the dark and it was incredibly quiet. It started out with people hooting and hollering, mm-hmm. and then when it actually got time to do the work, it got quiet. Yeah, um, if you press him at some point, he says it felt like a movie. Yeah. Um, which is a, a key piece of information you can use later for some mm-hmm. detective shit. Yeah. Um, you know, they like it was not a show the way that it would be if it was. You it know. was a different kind of show. Yes. Like it, it like it very much was a show, but it mm-hmm. was a different kind of show. Right. Um you can press him more for what he's doing here and like basically <laughs> you're doing your I'm a Martian, please explain basic stuff to me. Uh just like mm-hmm. to have him explain what he does and he spouts out all of this, you know, 
technocrat jargon about ensuring price stability, which ensures uh, social stability. And Kim sums it up and says, basically, we make, you know, we make sure they make sure that the price of bread doesn't change. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Yes. Um, he, he knows the, uh, the victim mm-hmm. um, or knew of the victim. This is one of the, uh, the, one of the first places you can get the name. I don't think yes. it's the first place. Um, but Laylee is the, the nickname. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's somebody who used to, to get high and brag about the war crimes they committed. Um, he is not into this, you know, no drug use, no needful boasting. <laughs> um, and, and, or needless <laughs> boasting. And it's worth also noting, like, this, this dude is here to, to have sex with the smoking guy. Yes. Like, this guy comes, you know, all he's referred to as the Sunday friend, and the Sunday mm-hmm. friend is the guy who comes around on Sunday to fuck. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's implied that there, like, is a very unseemly power dynamic about this, which is why it needs to yeah. be hush-hush uh, uh, for the purposes here. Uh, but he doesn't provide much more information besides just descriptions of moral intern, which is, you know, just this just very byzantine set of you know this very byzantine house of cards of regulations that are propped that are propped up basically just yeah. to benefit a status quo and make sure nothing moves too quickly yep, yeah exactly to make yeah. sure we never get to the kingdom of conscience mm-hmm. um the the important stuff is getting the details about the the lynching yeah uh, which will come up later when you're talking to uh titus mm-hmm. uh you can press these things about how eerily you know staged it seemed Yes. Because uh, it turns out that was exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, we can go into the bookstore here. There's a bookstore just south of the hostel um, with this young girl standing out front, Anna. Um, you can talk to her. Uh, you can see that her mom, uh, Placence, it owns the store and is forcing her to work outside in the cold. Right. Um, you know, basically, you know, for kind of hyper capitalist reasons, like this mm-hmm. is, you know, she's not being kept in school, uh, you're being, she's being kept out of school. Mm-hmm. She is, uh, working and it's horrible. Yeah. Um, so you can actually, you can stop this. You can convince her mom to, to put her back in school. Yeah. And, uh, or at least let her stay inside and home study. <laughs> so, so she won't be freezing at the very yeah. least. Yeah. Like, you know, if you have a high enough empathy, you can, you can determine by talking to the daughter that like, yeah, she feels incredibly pressured. She feels like her mom's business failing is on her because her mom is making it about her. And then yeah. you go in and talk to the mother and you find out that the mother is feeling, has basically felt tremendously pressured by every man in her life, by her husband and by her and by her father specifically, Yeah, you know, for like why this, for, for why this business in a place um, where everything fails um, is failing. Um, it's being yes. made into like a, like a personal responsibility, a personal responsibility thing for her. Uh, and she, uh, very, very firmly believes that this place has an actual honest to God curse on it. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, this is starting a pretty lengthy <laughs> side quest called the failed business district, um, which is really well observed. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, you understand how they're there you know, in your town. There's a place mm-hmm. where like it's constantly turning over. Yeah. You know, nothing ever can get off the ground in this one location. <laughs> The, the the restaurant um, in my hometown that was a Chi-Chi's, then a sushi restaurant, then a Chi-Chi's again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chi-Chi's sandwich. Yep. The, uh, the, um, this is also, it's worth just briefly chatting about the bookstore. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get uh, a lot of stuff here. Uh, you can buy a, a family board game uh, here, which you can play with Kim. And I love that. you can insist, yeah, you'd like, oh, this will be good for the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just ends up having fun. It's really sweet. Um, and you can read a lot of books. Uh, specifically, there's one that call a couple of them that call out to you here. Mm-hmm. Um, one, um, 
Well, it's actually later where you talk to the woman out front about the cockatoo thing. Yeah. But there's a book about the pale. Uh, this is the first time I heard about the pale. Mm. Um, a book called A Walk Through the Pale. Okay. And uh, this started that whole kind of quest line as it started talking about the pale as kind of a quack remedy mm. for things, uh, which is really interesting as you learn more about. Yeah, what it actually is. Um, and you can buy all kinds of like pulp novels here and such, and these will give you different thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and reading is a way to pass the time if it, you want to do that intentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you can wait until 2 a.m. to read and time stops passing. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, there's also like a map you can buy here that uh, initially seems like it's going to be useless, but ends up being necessary for the case uh, later on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the storyline here proceeds when you try to open up these curtains at the back of the store and Pleasance says, Hey, don't go in. This building is cursed. Um, my drama skill was sufficiently high enough to pretend to be a supernatural investigator saying like, yeah. Oh yeah, oh, you, got, you got yourself a curse here. I can go in here and see if we can get rid of that. Get that taken care of for you. I think, yeah, I think there's two tax. That's the way I got in as well. I think you can also go in just through like authority. Okay. And there's two tax to, to get in there. But I basically said I would solve it. And she said that there was a, said there's like a ghost. Mm. There's like something, some kind of spirit living in the, uh, the heating system. Yeah. So I went through there um, and you go back uh, through the remains of these different businesses, um, a hairstylist, a gym, a taxidermist, a tailor, um, somebody makes skis, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. The gym can unlock a memory uh, because, you know, spoiler, you used to be a gym teacher before you were a cop. Yeah. Um, so if you pass a certain check on the gym stuff, you can kind of <laughs> learn about that. Um, and the the kind of centerpiece of this is when you get upstairs and you find this uh, weird computer and these chalkboards, yeah. um, this kind of game studio where you learn about this group that was making a uh, play-by-radio, like, tabletop game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. which is really interesting yeah you know and this is this is the developers kind of like stand in for their own development process making this uh you yeah. get a lot of details just kind of about just like the ways that development can go wrong here so like you look mm-hmm. at the schedule and you can pass a check to determine why they failed like oh like it wasn't actually like anything that you know it, like it wasn't it wasn't the concepts it wasn't the concept artists that made this fail like we had them that's fine it wasn't the writers I, I love this line it wasn't the writers with their panic attacks and three hour lunches which yeah. as somebody who yeah. worked in creative services is absolutely true <laughs> that was, yeah, that was yeah, one yeah. of the best well that was one of the most well observed things about about that kind of work uh in here i yeah. love that um, yeah, uh, re- really, uh, you know, cool, well-observed, neat details here. Mm-hmm. Um, near the end of the development, uh, one of the designers decided to include this far-off area called the Valley of Heads, <laughs> uh, where 10,000 heads can be put on 10,000 headless constructs, each voiced by professional actors. Um, you know, uh, and you, there's this list of possible combinations that goes on forever. So you're, you're talking about scope creep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, with this. They sent a, a version of this game off to compile, and they lost all the data. Right. There's no local backup uh, that they had for the completed version. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a computer here that you can turn on. Once you get a, a version of this data, you get a schedule data, and it actually radios into something. I was not expecting this to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was a computer. It's very surreal. Yeah. Um, and uh, you do not have the passcode. And this is something that I wish I had known when I played the game, was that many of these quests will stretch over many days. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot get this passcode yet. No. Uh, it is, it is a way later thing. Mm-hmm. So I banged my head against this for quite a while. Yeah. Actually, yeah. This, uh, this, trying this... to find this and you cannot. 
Yeah, this is tied to something that happens in the church, which you can't get yeah. to on day two. Yeah. Yeah. Way later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can go down into the basement, and uh, you find a huge ice cream fridge uh, shaped like a polar bear. Uh, this was where you mm-hmm. hid the body uh, so you could inspect it more. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> there's a there, there's a note on the front of it saying like, oh, a backup copy was supposed to be stored in here uh, because there's some little brat who keeps on breaking in and trying to steal things. I just love how people just refer to Kuno as a force of nature in this in this yeah. neighborhood. This neighborhood's all Kuno. We got to move. <laughs> um, the uh, the uh, as we're, we're heading through here, we can find the ice cream maker mm-hmm. or the ice maker. Uh, this is incredibly hard to open. Mm-hmm. Um, I unplugged it so it would thaw and I had the tool, but I almost like, this was the one, this was the main thing that I went back and did mm-hmm. between, uh, last time I recorded this recording was doing that end of that church quest line. Oh yeah. And I, cause I couldn't get this open. And again, the, that confidence of hiding stuff behind skills, <laughs> that's really important. Like you cannot do like a really major cosmological story beat. Mm-hmm. in this game with really really huge implications and it's dependent on this die roll like there there's an immense amount of confidence in letting players not see the entire picture yeah of this game uh that i think is really admirable and neat i'm curious um, to hear what was hidden behind that because i didn't i didn't get this okay yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i can talk about that when we start talking about the church yeah yeah we can talk about um, that when we get it, there yeah yeah, it's all, it's all church stuff, but it, it was it was just very interesting. Like because I kept trying, I had okay odds. I was just getting bad die rolls, and mm-hmm. I was like, man, like this is an honest game where it really is. Like I have a forty two percent chance of seeing this huge amount of content. Yeah, you know, and you can try again. You can put points into it, and because I, had, I was just loading up an old save, I just yoloed and put like all my points into the thing <laughs> to, to retry. Like yeah. I just used every point as a retry, um, but if I hadn't done that, if I was actually playing for the long game, I wouldn't have got in, Mm. you know? So when I say take your time, that's one of the things I mean is like, I felt like a a sense of urgency, but if I had waited uh, until I got this to kind of complete the game, I would have gotten it. I think naturally. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, just through getting more experience points and poking at more crevices and such. Mm -hmm. Um, Also in this uh, area, there is a bunker. Um, you can see this little hidden passageway uh, into a bunker where you can find all these rifles from the revolution um, that, are, that are hidden here. Tons of guns. Yeah. Um, this ends up being important later for when uh, the, the case kind of takes a turn. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take one of these antique rifles yeah. uh, with you. Yeah. Finding this uh, gives you ammunition in the final encounter. Uh, to help put a, to help piece things together, uh, but Kim, you know, doesn't explicitly know that he just has a hunch that maybe this has this has something to do with the union um, or what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Well, they're just being weapons caches everywhere in town. <laughs> like, you're not good for the stability. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You can you can probably grab one of those and restore it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the main thing that you're down here to find, or one of them, uh, is you can go to this furnace um, and you can shout up it. Um, and somebody yells back, uh, there's a young woman upstairs saying, Hey, uh, come on up. I'm, you know, behind this curtain, I'll open it up for you. Uh, and you go up and you talk to the dice maker. Uh, you know, she's this person who mm-hmm. lives, uh, in an, in an old, um, uh, coal chimney and mm-hmm. has a successful business making custom dice for tabletop role-playing games fan, uh, fans. Yeah. Yeah. You'd think this town wouldn't uh, sustain such a thing, <laughs> but apparently all these uh, all these union toughs mm-hmm. way into Pathfinder. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> so uh, 
you, you can talk to her. You can get a uh, dice made. I never did that because I was still mm-hmm. broke. I did this on day one, so yeah, I was yeah. still uh, extremely broke. Um, but you can talk to her about the curse, you know, because mm-hmm. she is the ghost that lives in the chimney that they're talking about. Right. Um, and and she basically says, like, no, you know, this is just capitalism. Like, these, these are the reasons why these businesses went out mm-hmm. uh, of business. And it makes sense. Like, the 24-hour window place, like, there wasn't a demand for that. And right. the, the ice cream shop used that big, hideous, scary polar bear <laughs> as their thing. And another ice cream, you know, thing came into business, and it was cheaper and more friendly. Like, this is just capitalism. Yeah. That is you causing know. all these businesses to go out of. And, and this this unlocks a uh, a thought in the, in the thought cabinet. I forget what the actual benefit of this was, but it was actually really good. She just says, like, oh, yeah, like, the world's precarious. You know, like the systems are not necessarily set up for us to succeed. And the only reason any of us do succeed, you know, the only thing protecting us is coincidence. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, Shivers tells you this might actually be a curse. There's Mm -hmm. more with this later uh, where you can kind of uh, follow up on this idea. Mm -hmm. Um, And another thing you can ask uh, yourself is if the hostel is part of the district if that is also cursed right uh which like, is which is a thread i did not follow up on too much because it involves those doors that i couldn't get into same yeah so it's yeah. like it's technically part of the same address like when you look at the uh at the buzzer uh, the buzzer on the yeah. front um but uh the the idea of like where the curse might stop because like this uh the, the this you know coal chimney is not actually part of the of the business district there used to be a uh, um a plant a coal plant that uh that abetted uh, or abutted against the uh, against the business business district, and so maybe uh, it's her not being in the district that makes it so her business business doesn't fail. Regardless, I chose a palliative option when I went back to uh, Pleasance, and I said, mm-hmm. "Ooh, uh, the curse is because of some dark arts that the taxidermist did." <laughs> I lifted it, yeah. you know, and even you, you know that that's only temporary. But you know, a magical belief is not going to be. Uh, is not going to be dispelled by a logical explanation. So yeah, I did what I could. I, I just, I, yeah, I just told her the truth. She didn't like it. Yeah. I don't think there was a happy ending for her. No. Um, the, uh, so we can also over by the docks where we, uh, saw city, the skull, mm-hmm. um, we can see this woman, Joyce, who is on the sailboat, uh, saying they're smoking. Um, we, this, she's the other major faction here. Yeah. Uh, she's from wild pines, which is a global logistics company that owns the Harbor. Um, and she's a labor negotiator. Right. Um, she is here to, and she is the counterpoint of, or counterpart of Everett. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she also wants something from you and will tell you more about, you know, the actual crime. Yes. murder. Yeah. She has information, uh, information for you. Uh, there are things that just anybody could know that she will talk about, but a lot of what she has to say is kind of hidden behind uh, her desire to see a badge. Um, you know, she yeah. will say like, oh, if you go ahead and do this, I'll tell you that's not necessarily the case. You can't get that information until you find your badge um, later on. Uh, but, you know, she will tell you, um, uh, you know, just basic things that are out there that like, yeah, the union wants Wild Pines to be a complete democracy. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, she lays out that like Everard is just really the most corrupt person that she has ever met. Him and uh, him and his twin brother Edgar get around term limits just by succeeding each other. Um, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, to the point where the, just there's a rumor out that like they are just the same person who you know pretend to be each other's twin. Yeah, and to support that, you never meet 
<laughs> you never beat Edgar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not no longer there. And it's really interesting when she talks about the labor uh, dispute mm-hmm. because I think they, they threaded a needle really well here Yeah, because at least, you know, for me, my instinct is to obviously be pro union because mm-hmm. that's what's good in real life. Yeah. Um, but what the union wants is for every employee to be on the board. So every decision mm-hmm. that uh, Wild Pines makes, every they have to, every employee weighs in yeah. on it. And I'm not saying that, you know, I think a, a cooperative is a better structure mm-hmm. than a traditional business. But I can understand why it's maybe a bigger ask than the, the union thinks. Yeah. You know, like if they, yeah. if they have, it's like, oh yeah, like we have a, a bunch of decisions we make and just the logistics will slow us down so much mm-hmm. through just having you constantly called to votes. Yeah. It you would know, and t- then if you have people who are sick, you know, et cetera, mm-hmm. like this would just logistically make everything so slow Yeah, that it would require a ground up, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Re- reformatting and right. why they would resist that. So I think if they just have been like, yeah, the union wants healthcare, mm-hmm. uh, then it would have felt very much more open and shut. But like, I was very surprised by how much I kind of liked Joyce. Yeah. Like, she's a really good character. She's mm-hmm. really uh, appealing and friendly and like forthcoming and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, for being, you know, my political enemy in real life, <laughs> uh, I end up really liking the character in the game. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting trick that they do to, to like with, with these two sides of the same coin, pretty much to yeah. kind of like flip flop. One is philosophically right, uh, at the end of the day, but is unpleasant. The other is pleasant, but, uh, you know, philosophically, yeah, suspect. You know, yes. Yeah. Suspect. And yeah. it shows a lot of like, uh, kind of deafness and maybe knowing their audience right yeah because the 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 audience for indie wrpg murder mysteries that are (laughs) psychedelic probably leans pretty left yeah you know if i had to guess like Mm -hmm. i don't you know i don't necessarily have stats on that but i I bet you that's safe so them kind of flipping that script i thought was a really like clever way of introducing a little bit of nuance to this and also it makes a it makes a certain point about uh you know the idea of all i can think of is respectability politics or like decorum right yeah that like the rep you know the face of this system that is ultimately bad for you might be easier to swallow because they do a very good job of being of of, of seeming like the reasonable option right well and i mean even just in personal like she she takes a lot of time to like explain things to you extracurricularly yes like she's kind of a friend mm-hmm in, in this, you know, like talking to her about uh, the pale uh, mm-hmm. later, like when you do that, um, all of this stuff, like she's, you know, kind of on your side as a person, mm-hmm. even if she is a, a tool of something that is ultimately very harmful. Yeah. Um, uh, I you mean, know, it, and that, that's neat. Neat <laughs> trick. It's, it's, a, it's a good trick and it serves yeah. the murder mystery pretty well because even though the problem of Wild Pines needs to be solved you know it is you know they can they control eight percent of you know of all the shipping in this world you know that like yeah. that that's part of why the you know every employee a board member thing wouldn't work it got too big in the first place right yeah yep, <laughs> um yep. yeah but like you know if that was the problem that was presented here as like the thing for you to rail against that wouldn't be good however she is here acting as the, the you know the, the the part of wild pines that you know, is reasonable to show that the mercenaries that they bring in, which are a much more deleterious force in the immediate, you know, in the local terms, in local terms, yeah. as opposed to global terms, that, you know, it is something for the, the, the mercenaries to react against. 
Um, she she's also the person who uh, you're completing your quest of getting a reality lowdown. Right. Um, when you wake up and you realize like you don't actually know how the world works, she's the person who's going to tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we learn a lot of world history here. <laughs> um, this is where we learn about Revachol uh, being this commune during this revolution, how the coalition crushed it, uh, how Moral in turn came to power. Um, and this is where we can first learn from her about the pale. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kim says like, uh, he doesn't need to know about that. <laughs> uh, Kim kind of warns her off. So you have to come back without yeah, Kim to you, get the, the full pale lowdown. Yeah. You can either send Kim away to process the body, um, or you can just come mm-hmm. back after Kim goes to bed. Um, yes. you know, and Joyce is pretty much just out there smoking all the time. And I love this section. I love the way that she talks about uh, the pale specifically and about the way that the world is actually organized cosmically because she is a victim of it. You know, like she has suffered, you know, very, very bad effects from being somebody who is exposed to this as part of her job. Yeah. And what what the pale is, is nothingness in a way Mm -hmm. that we can't really uh, describe. Yep. The same way you can't describe void. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in this world, like ships move through the pale. They have like special shielding and they have ways of kind of condensing it mm-hmm. to get through it quicker. But it's dangerous. Like you're cleared for a certain amount per year. It's like radiation, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Um, and you can you can kind of through different checks in this conversation, you can learn like, oh, she's cleared for a lot more mm-hmm. than a regular citizen. She's in the pale a lot. Yes. Um, there are other people that we can find um, either over in the traffic jam or later when we go to the church where we can see like what is happening to people who are exposed to even a very small amount of it. Uh, yeah. Just the, um, the, com- the the complete sense of derealization that happens, uh, kind of an unstuck in timeness uh, that, 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 that is going on and basically like like an erosion and overwriting of the personality. Um, yeah, but you know, like it is this, you know, basically a fog of nothingness that kind of gradiates into, um, in, into, uh, reality, these different, you know, continents basically, um, in the, you know, at, <laughs> in between these oceans of the, of the pale, yeah. um, and you know, like the, the place where the, the, where, where it makes the transition is called the porch, um, and the pale spreads. You know, yeah. like it, uh, it's basically like spores yeah. of a microorganism that is always, you know, going there, uh, that is always encroaching, right? Yes. Yeah. The world is two, uh, two thirds, uh, pale mm-hmm. and it is slipping, yes. uh, not in our favor. We're not getting more reality. We're getting less reality. Yes. Uh, which is a, you know, a trenchant metaphor for anything, mm-hmm. right? Like, like a really, really good metaphor. Like climate change <laughs> is very obvious. I think that's probably at least a little bit on the the minds of these people. But I also was thinking about it in terms of like information. Yeah. Kind of poisoning. Yeah. Like Uh, just like epistemic crisis crises that might happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about it in those terms. Um, It's good. It is a really cool idea. Yes. Um, Yeah. And I, I I just, I love this conversation. You know, this is one of my favorite conversations in the game Mm -hmm. uh, that you can have with her about this. Like the pale is very cool. Yes. Is difficult Uh, to describe or even measure something whose fundamental properties, physical, epistemological, linguistic, the further into the pale you travel, the steeper the degree of suspension right down to the mathematical numbers stop working. No one has yet passed the number barrier. It may be impossible. 
Yeah. Yeah. A, a very, very Grant Morrison idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, like, so this was a thing that Dolores Day, somebody who we may have heard mentioned, kind of this, like, like a savior, um, a religious figure uh, and kind of the figurehead of moral intern who lived very, very recently. Like the, the, the big breakthrough that happened was figuring out how to travel through this. Uh, basically yes. looking beyond the pale to see where other people live and all of that. Yeah. And this great drawing together has caused, you know, all kinds of conflict and moral intern, basically their project became to go through as much pale as they could in order to find as many people as there were and unite them. Yeah. yeah. Again, also uh, shades of like colonialism and yes, you know, when people found the quote unquote new world, right uh to this so very very good interesting shit mm -hmm. um we can go talk to uh thomas hardy at this point because uh they're in their little box <laughs> union tufts um and the gardener is out front um she was never a gardener this no. is elizabeth the woman that Evart sent away for legal training um she's the union's counsel and she's going to kind of proctor uh this interaction yeah that you have she is here to make um, sure that everything stays within bounds because this is you know like jurisdictionally a very tricky negotiation that is happening here yeah you know this is uh this is a jurisdictional battle pretty much because yeah. the rcp doesn't necessarily have the remit to function here and th this to me is one of the like the many places in this game where this really shines just as a detective game mm -hmm. like taking all the cosmological stuff out i really love this mm -hmm. like these kind of really interesting kind of wrinkles to the genre that are happening here. Like they're doing mm -hmm. these tactics that are real tactics and like Kim will clue you in on this stuff. Um, and the feeling of when you start turning the tables on this is so good. <laughs> like I felt so good when I started and then winning this guy over to my side and liking him yeah. was again, like, you know, just this game is rich with relationships. I was very, very happy to, to cultivate, mm -hmm. you know, that started out, you know, bad. And then because I decided to reform, my little, my version of Harry, you know, Harrier Dubois, uh, <laughs> it, you know, I, that was a very meaningful gaming good feel mm -hmm. for this big treat. Yeah. Big, like a whole cheesecake, mm -hmm. like incredibly good. Um, they confess to the murder right away. That's not the, the issue. Right. But no single one of them will take responsibility. This is, and Kim will say like, Hey, this is a tactic. Like, yeah, yeah. they're saying we have to take them all, uh, to diffuse the responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can't take them all. Right. You know, there's two of us and there's like seven of them. Mm -hmm. Basically, it, you know, if we, it would turn into a war, you know, yeah. they're, they're kind of pulling a, an I am Spartacus kind of deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, they say like, yeah, you know, we, we, we killed him. We killed the victim because he was this mercenary hired by wild pines. We deduced this, um, you know, like, Hey, we knew this because, you know, that was just part of the background, but also like not everybody's walking around with this high tech armor. Right. Yeah, uh, that 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 he was wearing before was mostly scavenged off, scavenged off, scavenged off rather. Um, you know, he was uh, at the bar every night, um, and he was, you know, saying like, "Yeah, I'm this mercenary." Uh, he was threatening threatening to kill people. Um, and the big thing here is something that we're going to spend most of a whole day going back and forth and talking about. Um, here mm -hmm. in the game, uh, is that they say that kind of the last straw was that they raped somebody in the hostel. Um, and the union could not let that stand. They're the law here, and that's not that that can't be. Yes, you know, so that, that makes sense. But you can also start kind of poking holes in the story mm -hmm. at this point. Um, you know, they say that they knocked him out from behind, 
uh, before they took him there. Uh, they, you know, that did not show up right on the body. Um, you can kind of pressure to get the information about who the, the victim uh, of the rape is. Like, that's a, uh, a, a test. Yeah. To get that, um, you say, like, I haven't got to talk to that person at first. Yeah. Um, you can also, during this conversation, you can scan them and match them up to their footprints mm -hmm. uh, that they have. But the one with the uneven footprints, the one with the uh, one sole that is uh, uh, smooth, smooth is not yeah. there. Right. So you can start asking about the eighth hardy boy. Mm -hmm. And well. they get uh, especially cagey about that. Um, yeah. They say, hey, this is none of your business. Don't press on that. Um, and like, because they get so sensitive, your esprit de corps skill can pipe in and say, Hey, you should leave that. Like, you'll find out about it later. Esprit de corps ends up being a really good, um, a really good ally here because that is what helps you understand that they are the cops here, that they are basically like yeah. your equivalent and your, and your colleague, um, you know, yeah. in this, in this situation and it helps you relate to them as you know yeah. like as police as as the law here and offering them any kind of respect is one of the best ways to get them to cooperate with you and to break this yeah. tension and make it not uh just an adversarial uh kind of situation yep yeah realizing these are cops mm -hmm. you know and that cops don't just take the form of you know this is community policing right you know um you you say like you know you can you can talk to them uh at this point, you can kind of press them and say, like, hey, uh, you know, kind of press them about their drinking. Right. Um, you know, that they, they probably don't, they don't care. Like, they're too in their cups uh, <laughs> to give a shit about this. And this kind of, you know, implying that they don't actually care about the community is a good way to get under their skin. Yes. Um, and they say, like, listen, like, you guys have been drinking this entire time. That person who is the victim probably needs help. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is where they'll let you know who it is. And it's uh, Klaje. Mm -hmm. um, the woman from outside uh, your room. Yes. So, Miss Aranya, uh, disco dancer. Yes. Um, and you will go back and forth now between these two quite a bit mm -hmm. uh, in a way that is mildly tedious yep. um, and a little bit like superficial feeling. To yeah. Me. Um, yeah. But it's it's fine. It takes a couple seconds. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And they're in the same building. You know, it's not really like a loading screen. I guess there is a loading screen between downstairs and upstairs, but it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we yeah. can we can go up and we can talk to Klausia. Uh You can exchange some pleasantries, get some basic information. You know, she will tell you like, yeah, I'm I'm from Aranya, but I'm I, I'm wintering here in Revachol. Um, which why would you winter here in Martinez? That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. And, and when you ask her, like, hey, you know, somebody somebody told us that you were a victim of a rape. She says that's that's not that's not quite what it was. Hardy is the one who told her to call it that to to jazz it up yeah uh, she's it, pressured to to really embellish this yes. whole thing but she basically just doesn't do it mm -hmm. you know um she's we find out um you know she did know the victim um they were lovers like they partied they did drugs uh a lot uh you know and kind of built off each other like a sid and nancy kind of thing mm-hmm um, and she's the one who called in, uh, the hanging. She doesn't want other people to know that because Martinez hates a snitch, but she like cared for this person to a degree mm -hmm. and did not like having her window, you know, <laughs> going out to smoke on the roof and just seeing his hanging corpse every day. Yeah. For a whole week uh, because nobody yeah. came to take it down. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, you know, so you can ask for more details to learn what the victim's story was to, you know, understand more about his past and, you know, see why he would, you know, be murdered. Right. But she's not 
emotionally capable of saying more right now. You know, she wants yeah. you to leave it for later so we can go back to Titus and confront him with what Clausia said. And he immediately is furious. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she didn't support the story. Like just, just angry that the ruse yeah. didn't hold up. I love the interplay between uh, the union guys and the lawyer mm -hmm. because the lawyer is constantly trying to do damage control <laughs> during this. Like, don't answer that. You don't, this is, you know, you get one more question officer, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. But these guys care. Mm -hmm. Like they, they don't, they actually want the same thing you want. Yeah. They just don't know it. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to toe this line and keep their heads down. Right. Um, and the, the hostility between the lawyer and the union guys is really great during this. Like it's like a triangle <laughs> almost of, of competing yeah. desires. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, a dumb little kind of side quest thing here. I wish they didn't make you do this. Yeah. Uh, they say like, listen, you know, he did assault her and he, he was violent. Listen, we have a recording of him saying he was going to, to rape her. They give you a taped over tape. Um, it's a, the door gunner mega mix, uh, it was what's taped over. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have to go get a radio. Um, right. you had to go down to the pawn shop. Your radio is broken. It's just busy work. Mm -hmm. Um, when you get that, you find, uh, this tape that is, does say that, but it's edited together. It's hijacked radio signals mm -hmm. that are edited together. Not like in a, you know, you're very good at turning me on, <laughs> like not like that, <laughs> right. but just like the most incriminating bits. Yeah. Like, the, like a greatest hits. These are terrible things for somebody to say, but it is it is not necessarily in the context that would be useful for understanding motive, right? Yes. You know, for understanding yeah. the actual character of, you know, of this person who was killed, right? Um, you know, and, and specifically, in addition to the sex assault, he says he's going to kill everybody in the town. Yes. Kohoi uh, style, right. which uh, we'll later learn is a, like, a conflict. Like, it'd be like saying... Yeah, like 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 in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. It'd be so like we're, we're going to do it like uh, My Lai or we're going to do it uh, Da Nang or something like that. Yeah. Like he, he yeah. is invoking a specific atrocity that was committed that everybody knows about, um, which is a shitty thing to say. Yeah. Um, and he straight up says like he, you know, he is talking about how he is going to rape that dancer, you know, like so that's pretty incriminating as well. But you can take this back to Clossier and mention the tape. Um, and even before you play it for her or even, you know, summarize the contents of it, she says, basically like, oh, let me guess. He said X, Y, Z, he probably said his cohoy thing. Like, like that was just his version of a joke. Like mm -hmm. he was never in cohoy, but he was a destructive person. Those weren't real threats. That was basically like his version of a pickup line, which is fucked up. But yeah, yeah. Again, but, it, but it is real. Yeah. Like it is, a, it is a thing that sometimes people are attracted to people who are big, Not, violent assholes. And you right. can kind of press this and, you know, be like, well, and she'll be like, oh yeah, I don't know what, what anyone would find attractive about a, a gigantic, strong man <laughs> who's a loose cannon and unpredictable, you know, as she like takes a drag of her cigarette. Like right. it, it's definitely a type. Yeah. You know? And also like, you know, you poke around in her, uh, in her medicine cabinet. And you can yeah. see, like, she's not necessarily, she's not, not a self-destructive person. She's a, an extremely yes. self-destructive person. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yep, yep. Um, so she doesn't know his real name. She just knows the nickname as well, mm -hmm. uh, Lily, um, because he was, he's from Lilistad. Um, the, uh, we can learn about the tattoos here. Um, these are maps of his service yes. uh, here. So he has tattoos of all the areas where he's served. Mm -hmm. Um, and he used this to pick up women. Yeah. 
like he she basically lays out the scene of like them doing pillow talk and like her tracing along the lines and asking him what was this one and what was this one like it was specifically like like a little you know board game of atrocities that he put on him that he put on himself for his partners yeah 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 so yeah you know and, uh, you know, I start talking to her about the things that Lely told me in my in, in my visions as I was inspecting the body. You know, I mentioned the apocalypse that is coming from the Northwest, you know, something that we've all, you know, we've all forgotten that is coming. And, you know, she says, I've got no idea what that means. But your sense is say, oh, yeah, she agrees. Like, she knows exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so you head back um to uh talk to titus and they they don't like this either um <laughs> they they kind of lock up and and basically uh the way you get out of this um is you appeal to them as lawmakers mm -hmm. or as law keepers you know um you turn to kim and you say like oh you know the authorities here are just going to murder you for any reason and they don't care why they did it it's not because it's rape it's not because you know the victim actually you know the the victim of the sex assault actually did not want this person killed mm -hmm. uh you know it's the last thing they wanted they just don't care yeah that's just and how kim they do at this it point here. like the big balls on kim he starts doing this tick where he goes he's like jacob it is jacob right and then just <laughs> writing down and he does that thing where he just keeps writing notes uh-huh whenever anybody says anything to like get under their skin yep uh it's so good like I competent kim is really good like competent kim and also the fact that you are both doing this routine uh without discussing it it just like yeah. this is what you fall uh, into that's so good. It's the good stuff. It's yeah. the good stuff, man. This is this is great. I love it. <laughs> um, and you can also your uh, your empathy can figure out which one is the one you should press. I mm -hmm. uh, hear. So it, it is the fat guy. It's Angus who is the one you can you can press. Um, you know, and you're this is a really great. Like this felt so organic. My skills guiding me the right way to do this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much actual variance there is in this scene. Like I don't know how different it is for other people. Uh huh. But just my skills being like, hey, do that one. Mm -hmm. Just felt so like it felt like a like I was accomplishing something even though I kind of wasn't because mm -hmm. the skills were just telling me what to do. Yeah. But it carried you know, that illusion of like detective work really well. Yeah. The, like the like the bumpers were up. There was no real gutter uh here yeah but you still made a strike right and you still yes. felt really good about it yeah. yeah you know and like angus you know like he's the soft one he's the newbie and he's the one who is less uh you know less less apt less able less able to kind of keep his composure and he doesn't want to be misunderstood he says like no like we didn't kill lily he was dead when we found him which immediately mm -hmm. changes everything the cause of death that we put in was you know the 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 strap you know the the the, yeah. the 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 you know breaking of his neck the hyoid bone and all of that um and that's wrong like all of the you yep. know they did hang him but that's not what did him in yeah yeah and you can actually learn about that earlier which mm -hmm. i did i did not yeah. you know it's a really really difficult check to find that bullet wound before you know it's there yeah because it's inside um, I did of his not mouth. send him away like i could now take this information and go inspect the corpse mm -hmm. the, the geezer in the freezer and uh <laughs> and take care of it but it's you you may or may not have this information from the corpse mm -hmm. uh which which is really interesting so they mentioned this and this is a huge deal yeah you know he's dead when they found him um we find out uh kaji kaji is uh was in trouble with uh, the government for something that happened in the old world. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, they found him. He was dead. Uh, you can kind of, uh, one of the, if you don't already know about uh, where he died, um, a, a spirit decor, 
uh, Chuck will tell you that, uh, show you corners inspecting the bullet inside his mouth mm-hmm. um, if you send him away at this point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I that's how I learned about the uh, about the, uh, uh, the the gunshot rather. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we learn okay. So the night of the murder, a very drugged out Glossier came downstairs, and you know the the Hardy boys were here drinking, um, and they went in. They saw that Lily was dead. Uh, you know, there was a bullet hole in the glass of the window that uh, we did not notice that when we went up there to the bedroom. We didn't see a bullet hole there because. Well, it's um, a new window. Yeah, it's a new window. Yeah. Um, Thomas has a has a brother who does who does window replacements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's implied to be the guy who start, tried the business. Mm-hmm. The 24 hour business thing. I noticed that it was a new window, but I mm-hmm. didn't have the, the stuff to put together. Right, right. Just yet. Um you know, we talked to them. They say that the idea to do the hanging was the eighth person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a woman uh, that, you know, they drop the gender, um, but they, they won't give you any more information. Right. Um, you're like, oh, so she's a hardy boy. And he's like, no, 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 she's just affiliated. Right. We're not ratting her out. Yeah. Um, so they say, all right, so now that you know this, you know, you should probably find a ballistics expert and look along the coast for vantage points. Like, you know, if you're, if you're actually going to help us here, you know basically get on the team and start look, you know, start chasing down these angles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they do not want you to arrest her. You know, mm-hmm. the, the idea is that Martinez, like people wash up here. This is the, for lost souls. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if everybody, this is like a place where your past doesn't matter. Right. You know, uh, this is a place where people go for fresh starts. Mm-hmm. Um, we go talk to her and she's like, yeah, no, I know you'd figure this out. Right. You know, I wanted to protect the boys. I gave you a runaround. And this is the first uh, kind of hint that she has definitely been lying mm-hmm. uh, this entire time. Yeah. Um, which is such a, again, cool death moves <laughs> because you have a lying detecting skill. Mine was really really high and detected the truth from her continuously. Yes. Um, there's an incredible check that pops up with this at some point um, just to, to throw it in here because this is around when, when it popped up as an option for me where you can uh, determine that the reason why all of your senses are lying to you is because you find her attractive. Yeah. So you can no longer trust your checks around. <laughs> you find her too hot to trust yourself. Yeah. You know, uh, and like, here. and that's how a, a, a femme fatale works in yeah. a detective, detective story. Fiction. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> and all your senses like apologize to you for like being overwhelmed. Right. You know, it's real great. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, it's good shit. Uh, and this is going to kind of unwrap the second kind of I don't know fold of this this murder mystery mm-hmm. with her. Right. She is very important to this, um, but not important in the way that you would think uh, as to why he was killed. You know, her her specific situation is basically the reason why the the whole truth cannot come to you um, at the start. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so she like, you know, she wanted she wanted the, the you know, she was protecting the Hardy Boys because she needed their protection. Um, she's in trouble with moral intern. You know, she used to be a corporate spy. Uh, she was caught, busted for, you know, basically corporate espionage against one of the largest banks. Um, and, you know, tons of people lost their job because of the thing that she because uh, of the thing that she did. Uh, one person even killed herself. She has, you know, she has this writing on her conscience or she makes it seem like it's writing on her conscience. Uh, it's hard to know what is, what is true, what is true with her. Um, but like, this is why, uh, she can never be, you know, arrested. She cannot get into the system at all because a moral intern finds her well off with her head. Yeah. 
Yep. Um, we find out that Laylee had just started having sex with her mm-hmm. uh, when he got hit by the bullet. You know, so that is why he enjoyed his moment of death. Right. Um, at this point. And she drops the name Ruby. Mm-hmm. Um, we can say, you know, who is that? And she's like, oh, the leader. So, yes. so Ruby is the, the eighth Hardy boy. Um, she is the one who had them uh, hang the body. Um, they hung it in the shower first to produce this lividity to mm-hmm. fake it. Um, Klajgi put his armor back on as he was a corpse. You know, sounds horrible, all of this. Yes. Uh, Ruby gathered the men and they put him up in the tree. Right. Um, and when you go to leave, um, uh, at least for my, for me, there were two white checks uh, around here. Uh, this probably was what you, um, what you determined, uh, yeah. or what, what you passed there. You know, there, that there, there is more to this. Um, and I just didn't have the, uh, the right, uh, you know, the right loadout for this. However, mm-hmm. uh, we're not done in a room. We can go and inspect the window um, and pass a visual calculus check to, deter- to determine uh, that, yes, the likeliest position for the shooter would have been the roof outside. The problem is there are only two ways up there. One is through the bedroom, and Classy would have noticed, and the second is through this uh, other door that is locked um, and you cannot open without passing a really high strength check. Uh, yeah. You know, but like the rooftop shooter position, A, uh, is only 72% most likely. There are other far less likely positions, but all of those are across the bay over on this little fishing island. Yeah. If um, I had the map at this point, so I was able to do the trajectory stuff mm-hmm. to kind of learn the different points. And that I kind know. of becomes part of your quest to go check out all the different mm-hmm. possible nests. Yeah here um we can go talk to uh titus uh and he you know he will not give you the information on ruby mm-hmm. you know she does not need to be a suspect you know even if her hiding you know doing the her being in hiding is suspicious i'm not going to give her up mm-hmm. you know yeah. um you can talk to one of the things is uh you have a a, a check that says like hey talk to Kajgi without kim there mm-hmm. um and you can talk to her about uh sunday night the night before you woke up Right. Um, you know, what she heard coming from your room. Yeah. Um, and what she heard was, you know, you listening to disco music first, um, and then this low mournful singing, uh, like almost singing along to like, like pipe organ music or whatever. Uh, then the destruction, you pulling everything down and destroying it, um, including the tape recorder. And then you screaming something, which I, I love this phrase. Um, I don't want to be this type of animal anymore. Yeah, it's a like arc words. Yes, in the uh, in the the words of TV tropes, and this mm-hmm. this can pop up later as well. Yes, um, as, as a phrase uh, that, I, that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, you know we can kind of learn here that she's not been entirely candid with us. She's still holding stuff back, but she's not giving us the full truth. Um, you know, you can say like, "Hey, this isn't your real name, is it?" She's like, "No, you know, of course not." Right. She has um, a fake uh, passport that has a name, but that's also. Not her real name. <laughs> right. And then she tells you a name that is also probably not her real name. Yes. So she is either Klausia, she is either Anouk Meyer Smith, or she is Katrazine Alai. Uh, which, you know, n- none of that might be true. She says, Hey, I hid the uh I hid my documents, you know, if you want to check this out, uh, in a buoy down by some reeds on the coastal boardwalk. Um later when you can go uh when you can go get those, uh it's empty. And there's really no satisfying answer. She just didn't foresee that, like, the the container would open. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, you can, uh, at this point, like, I did not uh, talk about taking her in 
But mm-hmm. at some point, she can talk. You can question her about the motives for this stuff, and she'll kind of talk about Ruby, and she'll say like, "Listen, the reason why Ruby did this is because she was kind of out of her mind. Like she was in love with me, and she was really jealous. Yes, uh, she thought I was leading her on, and she I wasn't returning her affections, and she did not want me to have sex with this dude. Right. Um, you know? is doing an awful lot to you know to to um, about to, to to finger ruby and that would not have been good if i said nope. that she was not doing a lot for that right in fact that's, that's specifically problem, what she dude. wasn't doing yeah no yeah. but classy is doing a lot to ascribe a lot of motive uh for killing lily uh saying hey she was she was jealous um yeah. that i that i wouldn't return her affection affection and i was sleeping with lily um yep. you know she believes that um that ruby took the shot uh you know from the uh from the balcony here and then used the sealed door to get around quickly to avoid suspicion you know and that is why ruby immediately had a plan to cover up the lynching yep uh and she says uh basically at this point like uh it's really suspicious because ruby knew as soon as i went downstairs ruby is like here's here's what we'll do mm-hmm. i knew you know so it had to have been planned right um this is where you get a choice to to arrest her uh spoiler you cannot arrest her okay uh period uh you know or like that you can try to but it just won't happen mm. um you know i uh she, she just runs mm-hmm. um i did not want i did a lot to not to arrest her like i had a lot of sympathy for this character yeah um so i was just like i'll come back later and eventually yeah. she disappears so yep. either way she disappears mm-hmm. yeah you, you know like like i took the medium option was to say like hey just do a station check in six weeks and then we'll come after you um, I should have known that uh, threatening her with being a fugitive should, you know, would not necessarily be motivating because that's how she's lived for the past several years. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, as you're talking about this and, you know, talking about like, hey, what kind of what kind of future do you have? Uh, you can pass this shivers check uh, to identify something she makes an offhanded refer- reference to the idea that there will be something like a free Revishal coming again. Uh, and your shivers tells you about this, you know, this basically this urban legend or a name that people in Revachal give to the idea that the revolution will come back. Um, this mm-hmm. is the return, the hoped for return. Um, and, you know, Revachal might, you know, pry itself free from being this, you know, pro- probationary, you know, client state of moral intern. You know, and if that happens, then, well, she can just live openly here, you know, like there mm-hmm. won't be jurisdiction. You know, she will she will not have to run to another place because this will be the place to run to. So we uh, we go to sleep. At this point, uh, in our sleep, we always have these dreams. Um, our systems are talking to each other about how you're always half awake, even when you try to sleep, because every organ is in pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this because you're dying of alcoholism. Right. They say, like, hey, that, that pain on your right side, that's your liver, you dipshit. Yeah, yeah. that's not just, like, mysterious. That mm-hmm. is an organ that's having a hard time. Yes. And, you know, you need those. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go downstairs, there's some new people in the cafeteria uh, here. There's this patrol woman and a man who's obviously wearing a disguise. <laughs> um, and the uh, I did not get very far with them. I didn't pass the checks. Yeah, even um, if you do, I they don't. don't I don't. They, they, they don't really. You, you can't put two and two together and say, "Hey, you're my partners." 
Yeah. Yeah. These are people who are coming to like, I know because of the end of the game mm-hmm. who these people are, but I, I failed all these checks for, yeah. you know, dice reasons. Um, the, uh, but this is your, this is your partner and somebody else from your precinct. Mm-hmm. Uh, these people were here originally, but you told them to fuck off. Right. Um, you're like, they're cramping your style. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to help you. You know, yeah. so you basically abuse them into leaving. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be the hermit cop. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, the big thing for D3 is that you can now go over to the fishing village. It's like half the map. Yeah. Uh, they very cleverly uh, hide that from you mm-hmm. initially, so it's not so overwhelming. Um, but the water lock is now repaired. Uh, right. that You broke. Yep. Um, <laughs> that you can now get across. Um, and there's this amazing, like one of my favorite scenes in the game. It's really good. Um, this is really good. Uh, where you see there's this car, like, crashed into the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, look, he's like, I can't quite make out the numbers on that. Um, and Kim says, well, maybe in low tide, mm-hmm. let's, let's wait, you know, and do that. And you have this little moment with Kim as you sit on the bench. I think this is how they should have done fast travel. Yeah. Uh, I've been, I've been kind of workshopping, like this game is pretty much perfect, but like, what would I do differently? Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to be able to switch from one side of town to the other. And I think it should have been an option through Kim where you said mm-hmm. like, Hey Kim, and you ask him about something, you start the conversation, fade to black fade up in the new place and you end the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, give it like four fast travel nodes. Yes. Um, in, but, uh, you know, you whistle and kind of wait and everything. And then you have this slow dawning horror realization that the car is yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, this is really emotional. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> like, uh, Harry has a really hard time with this. Yeah. Because I mean, this is an incredibly expensive piece of equipment. Like you're fucked. Like, if you yep. go back, you know, like, the, the the way that they gave you shit for even losing your badge and your gun, crashing, you know, ruining your car like this, you know, that's a that's a huge deal. There's no way out from under this. Um, yeah. Obviously, he is catastroph- catastrophizing a little bit. It's not nothing, but, like, this is a horrible realization that, like, God, even over here, like, everything that is fucked up, you know, is my fault because this past me that I do not remember did it to me. Yeah, and they're never going to take me back. Right. Like this this is the line, right? And there's no place uh, Kim for can, Yeah, <laughs> Kim can kind of try to uh, you know, console you. Like, mm-hmm. well, it is a lot of money. It's a major line item on the budget, but if we solve this case, it'll look good. Yeah. You know, uh content- and this is really important getting inside this car cuz it allows you to get your badge. Mm-hmm. Um badge has your full name, which is Harrier Dubois. Uh not Harry. Mm-hmm. Uh so that is, you know, the uh, Everart was making a guess mostly at least a partial guess yeah mostly right but not entirely right and uh you can see that you turn down a promotion for lieutenant twice like you're actually a pretty high ranking Mm -hmm. detective yeah um you also get your precinct overcoat uh but it's just it's it's tragic Mm -hmm. it's a sad thing to have happen yeah um you know uh this is where also you can get the uh centrist (laughs) <laughs> uh thought from finding this pair of khakis like tim and eric pants yep in a nearby shack i love this oh. just the the dialogue that the pants enter with you you know what you want is yeah. a material you know it's like oh like i don't like i don't know that i want to have everything move very you know to, to have everything be so incremental and it's just like well what yeah. you want is a material the kingdom of consciousness is coming whether you want it or not only very slowly but yeah, like yep. the, the arc of the moral universe bends, but you know, kind of gradually, it's fine. Yeah, you'll never, you'll never actually see it though. Right. We're not going to live for it, <laughs> you know, uh, which is depressing. Yeah. Um, you can now, uh, with the badge, you can talk to Joyce, and she'll give you some more information. But she says, uh, "Listen, there's something else uh, I need you to do. Um, 
there's been some drug smuggling that's going on. Mm-hmm. I need to look into this. The way this actually worked was really tricky yeah. uh, for me where I said, you know, is there anything I can do without my badge? And she said, well, if you can do us this favor mm-hmm. uh, and uncover this drug smuggling ring. So when I came back with my badge, she's like, well, I already told my bosses that you do this favor. Mm-hmm. Like you already agreed to this and that's the terms. Like yes. you have to actually do both. It's not enough to have the badge. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you go, uh, you know, you probably talked to a lot of these people before. Uh, there's the racist lorry driver, um, who mm-hmm. is, who is there, uh, the person who I called, I told the fuck off and that gave me a yep. disadvantage at all my checks against him. Um, you know, so you say like, Hey, are you, are, are, are you running, are you running drugs? And of course he, he objects to that, but for extremely racist reasons, basically saying, Oh, it's a conspiracy against whatever this, I, I forget. It's a conspiracy against the whites. It's, you know, it's racial yeah. and economic sabotage. Um, and of course he points out that it's that, you know, this is probably the culprit is probably this, uh, the street vendor to the South, the Samaran. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's a woman we can find as we're looking around called the pale driver, uh, who is this old woman who's spent too much time in the pale spoiler, mm-hmm. uh, who is in this kind of trance. Um, you know, she doesn't know really what's happening when she's gone. She doesn't know if she's carrying drugs. Mm-hmm. She just knows like, I just drive. Right. And this is kind of showing the economic realities of the pale. It's this dangerous area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the working class is sent in there without protection, you know, unlike Joyce. Like, this is contrasted with Joyce. Yes. Uh, you know, somebody who goes through the pale quite, you know, at least as much, if not more, mm-hmm. but without the privilege. Right. Uh, and it's a, it's a ruinous experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, she wouldn't be liable, even if she was. So, like, this is not, yeah. you know, they're like, this is not a, a lead worth going for. Uh, there's just kind of a regular stand-up dude uh, named Tommy mm-hmm. Laham. Uh, you can pass an empathy check. Uh, they get you know just like say like hey, there's something something off about him. Like oh, he just misses his family, which yeah, a long haul mm-hmm. trucker would, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And he you know like during this conversation, like he will ask you like hey, are you missing someone? Um, and Inland Empire wonders like oh, is that what that feeling is? You know, again this this kind of void that you feel. Half light, which is the 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 sense or the you know, the skill that it governs your fight or flight, says no. It's scarier than that. You're pursued by a hunter, smelling of apricots and sorrow and the past. You know, yeah. again, and this is your personal story. Yes, not the uh, the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he doesn't have anything to do with the smuggling, um, and he doesn't want anything to do with crime. Like he's a guest here, he doesn't want to get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I failed checks to get the. Uh, the ruby's location other ways mm-hmm. so i had to strong arm this guy oh uh, that, that is a really yeah it's a heartbreaking choice yeah. i just didn't make the dice rolls you know for other things like yeah. i think it's kind of a fail safe because it's not a die roll right to do it you just have to and whenever you talk to him like you know you make him do it and he feels really bad when you talk to him he's kind of okay but he's like yeah like i you know i really prided myself as being somebody who wouldn't do that and now i'm just getting used to life as somebody who would right right like who would give up his friends mm-hmm you know, it's really, really sad yeah. as a thing, but it just, you know, again, you get Plinko machine down your dice rolls mm-hmm. in this. And yep. I was trying not to save scum shit. Right. And until the only option so. left is to emotionally abuse a good person. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, he was, he was largely okay. You can actually make him feel a little bit better, mm-hmm. um, which we'll, we'll talk about when we find out what happens with Ruby. Yes. Um, so I, I put a, a mild lie bandaid over that. Yeah, uh, but it, is, it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so the Samaran vendor that you can that you can go talk to, his name is uh, Si Leng. 
uh mm-hmm. he you know like just it doesn't take too much to find out that like no he wouldn't do that because he would not want to be part of any organization that would do that and also he is terrified of the leader this uh yeah. this woman driver who you know everybody has kind of been talking about this is ruby uh you can kind of you know just the conservation of detail will will, will you know also just tell you that yes. like yeah this is the, this probably is also this person um mm-hmm. you know and so you can go talk to tommy and you know he was like really hoping that he wouldn't have to do this um and he knows what she looks like okay so she's young she dyes her hair frequently uh but he does not know her name um and he's not scared of her but he's worried that she is in such a dark place that if she has found out she may do something drastic like hurt or kill herself mm-hmm. yeah um i did not get this this is uh I, I talked about how i got the location you talk about how you got the location yeah um, so i went back and i pressed the racist driver again just to see if there was anything else that would come out uh to, you know to figure out like hey what like which truck is which truck is hers um and kim does this amazing bluff basically leaning into racist conspiracy theories about a gang leader uh named la puta madre who, you know, like is a real person um, in this world um, and is a, uh, you know, uh, a real force. But just like making making him believe, ma- making this racist lorry driver believe that like he will be a victim if he doesn't, you know, have, bring bring this out. If he doesn't actually tell the truth about where this is at. Uh, and with when he is softened up by fear, you can pass this half-light check to get him to tell you like, hey, you know, like hers is the green truck down by the uh down by the the deface statue mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um when you get into this truck kind of regardless of how you get into this you can go check out this uh this thing you can get inside the uh the truck mm-hmm. here um i think you get the key from tommy so Ooh. i don't think i had to break open the window i think tommy gave me the key okay um the uh so you get inside um they, there's a radio setup uh, that could be like part of a smuggling operation, mm-hmm. like the nerve center, like something for coordinating large groups of people. Right. Um, there's a uh, sandpaper on the gas pedal. So it kind of shows how you know that's there for grip. And that's mm-hmm. what happened to the shoes. Uh, so yeah. that kind of confirms it. Um, there are pictures of uh, ladies on the wall. Uh, mm-hmm. One of which who looks like Clage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not her, but like, ha- you know, resembles yeah. her. It's like pinups. It's like, uh, like uh, people, uh, women who star in films. Right. Yes. Right. Um, And uh, like she has these notes. Uh, She's got a radio that is on a set of strange frequencies called ULAN, uh, which implies either massive funding um, or not either. It implies both massive funding um, uh, or incredible, um, you know, technical know-how on her part and the fact that she is able to listen in on RCM communications. ULAN is the fictional radio standard that is also used to uh, focus and uh, and impose latitude on the pale. Um, this is very yeah. important for later on. Like this is basically yes. like like black science that she's doing. Yes. Yeah. Um, when we talked to Vo- uh, Joyce with us, um, she says, yeah, like, you know, I'll, I'll tell you everything I know. You've done the service for us. When I relayed the union's demands to Wild Pines, which is that every union member be on the board, mm-hmm. uh, they sent in a military, private military contractor. Like, mm-hmm. Wild Pines is no good. Like, right. rather than negotiating, they sent in, you know, uh, Black Blackheart or whatever the name of that fucking... Yeah, well, they, they, sent, they sent in Blackwater. Yeah. Yeah, Blackwater. What, what a... God. <laughs> Small dick energy. 
Yeah, um, so the, extreme uh, small dick energy. Well, I mean, it's expli- like I mean, it's explicitly black water. <laughs> it's explicitly uh, a uh, like an allusion to black water, uh, or you know, at least black water is a famous example of this. Like, so the organization, the the, the militia is called Crenell, but like basically after every deployment, they have to change, change the name. name. Um, yeah. Be, you know, just because they get they get caught and Blackwater, you know, has been through a number of different names since, uh, you know, the Iraq, first in the Iraq war. And then when further details about what they did in the Iraq war came out uh, and leaks and stuff. Um, what a world. Yeah. What a world. Like, also, yeah. Eric Prince's sister is our uh, is our secretary of, uh, of education. Gary. Cool. Cool. Very Eric cool. Prince is ba- is walking free and has a lot of influence. Yeah, very cool. It's very cool that they're just like, bring us your most damaged, violent morons and we'll yeah. put them to work Jesus. as like, just like a, you know, uh, yeah, cool. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so the idea here is, you know, these, uh, the operations here are a smoke screen for what's actually happening. This uh, investigation is happening on the lynching from Crenell. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to result in a military tribunal and executions. Yeah. Like she basically says like, listen, this is actually incredibly serious. Like mm-hmm. we're setting out a, a powder keg. Right. I uh, hear if you do not find an actual suspect, you know, a single person is responsible for this. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a total civil war. Right. In West Revachel, like this paramilitary organization is going to come in and slaughter union. Mm-hmm. And you can say, well, yeah, there's thousands of union members and there's only seven of, you know, there's only seven or you know four of these guys. And she's like, well, you've ever seen a wasp like invade a, bee, a beehive. <laughs> right. Like it's not pretty. It doesn't work that way. Right. Like you think the numbers are going to give you the advantage, but no armor and machine guns give you the advantage. Right. So, you know, like just they, they have this armor that we have seen. We've seen how it works. Additionally, like the PMC has semi-auto rifles um, and yes. every other like even the police force. Uh, every other um, firearm here uh, as a, as a muzzle loader like that, like yeah. that, that is a small detail, but it just, it, 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 it heightens just how much of an advantage um, that Krennel would have uh, in this situation. There's a neat little thing that I had uh, that kind of hinted to me that what was going to happen with that climax mm-hmm. because I, I stole the boots. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I just wanted those boots. <laughs> so I, I put them in the, in the freezer, put the, the, the victim. Uh-huh. And then I went down into the, uh, the freezer once kim was asleep and took the boots mm-hmm. and then uh was wearing them and they give you a thought about the boots which allow you to get an advantage against like people wearing them okay uh whenever you make a test against somebody who's wearing them um and i was like oh, okay like i'm gonna end up fighting somebody in this armor <laughs> at some point uh and it's, yeah. real, it's real cute like you can talk to kim and you'd be like aren't aren't you gonna say something about my new boots <laughs> and uh he says uh you know i don't approve of that and if anybody ever asks me i will turn you in but i'm not gonna like do it now yeah like this doesn't need to be an to, issue <laughs> yeah like you get a little quest to collect all the armor mm-hmm. um and you can get the full set even though you get the uh the last little piece that i think is the helmet um you get the very end it's too late to do anything with it right but it's just a, a little little collect them all power armor quest mm-hmm. yeah but so. this is you know like this is our time limit uh this tribunal is out here doing their quote-unquote investigation for this tribunal uh, which is, you know, appropriately, appropriately enough, going to be its own kind of lynching, just an extrajudicial yeah. killing of whoever they feel is most responsible for what happened for what happens here. Of course, they're going to side against the union, and it is going to be a flashpoint for this massive conflict that will have yeah. just just horrible ramifications for the neighborhood, if not the city. Yeah, it's going to be a slaughter. Yeah, um, we learn about the different people in the the mercenary corps: mm-hmm. uh, Cordy, who is the gunner; uh, DePaul, who is the radio operator; and then Lily 
Mm -hmm. uh, we mentioned. Uh, Cordy is actually the scab leader by the gates. Um, We've been eyeballing him when we talk to him and we realize something's up with him. Yeah. Um, And Dupal is on a building overlooking the roundabout. Mm -hmm. Um, So sees everything. Right. Um, Um, You can show Joyce the photo of Lily's tattoos and she recognizes it saying, hey, yeah, it's a map. Um, sailors would tattoo it on themselves, uh, you know, so their souls could get home if they drowned. Uh, but this is not a map of waterways. It's a map of his deployment, you know? So he just took an existing style of tattoo and adapted it to himself. Yep. Uh, and she says, you know, well, you can probably, the platoon members might know more, but be really careful about that. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't actually think you should go in and talk to them and tip your hand. Of course I did this. Yeah. Um, And when, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty horrible. And the game warns you off it. Like, Mm -hmm. You go and you talk to the scab leader and he kind of goes into a fugue state for a moment and remembers one of these deployments mm-hmm. and this war crime that they do that I don't know that we even need to go into right now. No, we don't even need um, to say that. Like I wrote it here yeah. just in case it was yeah. pertinent. But yeah, suffice to say yeah. it involves um, awful, yeah. awful things. atrocity. Yeah. Um, and you're when you're going through this conversation, you're. Your skills are constantly saying, hey, do you really want to hear this? <laughs> like you can back out at any time. Right. Um, you know, it's it's it ends up helping later mm-hmm. when you talk to this guy. So if you go through this, like, and you end up, when you end up talking to this guy during the standoff, um, it actually is useful mm-hmm. to have gotten this insight, but um, it is hard to sit through. Yeah. Cause it is, uh, it is gross prose. Right. So another thing that we can do uh, now that the fishing village is over, we can go um, and uh, do Whatever it was asking us to do, his second task, which involved getting these uh, these signatures uh, for the planned construction of a uh, of a youth center, uh, and you can actually like look at this. You can open up the uh, the letter uh, and examine the contract that they are wanting the people of this uh, fishing village to sign uh, and examine it. And if you pass on checks, you determine that oh. Like, yes, they want to build a youth center, but this is really just a way for the union to secure the land by making living there so intolerable because of uh, a very long construction period and a lack of access to roads uh, that, like, you going and getting getting these signatures is not in the best interest of these these people. Yeah. The the successful way to do the quest is to kind of figure this out is to forge the uh the signature yeah um if you try to get them straight up uh there's two people they still they still need mm-hmm. um there is this uh washerwoman who's there um you can uh she would she just signed for me she mm-hmm. liked me yeah. uh for some reason she also ended up being my new landlord yeah um yeah <laughs> i don't know if you went and started staying in the shack oh i did yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, you can start staying somewhere for free, which I, I think is really great. It lets up the weird economic pressure mm-hmm. of the beginning of this game. Yeah. You know, like getting $20 a day in the beginning, I think, is there to make you make certain sacrifices Yeah, for that. Either uh, in terms of forming a bond with Kim mm-hmm. where he'll pay your rent um, or compromising yourself to the union yes. uh, so you can get that money to pay the rent. Mm-hmm. Um, they want you to have to feel that economic duress yes and then on day three they give you an option around it i like that you know i like it a lot i I think it's a it's a clever way to like take something that you you know whenever a mechanic is there to make a point Mm -hmm. about the world by inconveniencing the player yeah the inconvenience almost last almost always lasts longer than the point yes you know like i get it like, mm-hmm. I understand what you're trying to do, but I still have to do this. Like, that fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this game is just like, well, what if you didn't have to after a certain point? Like, we made our point. Mm-hmm. Now now have your own little, like, shack to live in. Yeah. Like, it's great. Like, I wish every game would, like, it's such clever design. Mm-hmm. Um, 
This is where we also go meet uh, Lillian the net picker, uh, who is a woman who's wearing a sword. She's staying by the docks. Uh, yeah. She lost her husband at sea. Um, she would not sign the papers for me. No, uh, no. Years. We had opposite things. Um, so this is when I uh, ended up having this thing where, like, I kind of let this go for a while. I kind of forgot about it mm-hmm. because I was really entranced by exploring a new area. Yeah, it's um, big, too. It's real big. In my canonical playthrough, I never actually got these papers signed and never hmm. got my gun back. Um, which, again, I mentioned last episode, leads to a funny line at the end. <laughs> uh, I ended up watching that sequence mm-hmm. online just to see it. Yeah. Uh, but this was something that was like a large piece of content I just missed. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, I, I did manage to do this. So I can talk about it uh, firsthand when we get there. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. I just, I was very concerned, you know the way that these stories work, the way the fiction works, I, I figured, oh, that gun being out there, somebody bad is going to get a hold of it and somebody I care about is going to die. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I was I was certain <laughs> that it was it was bad that my gun was out there. <laughs> yeah. I just kind of got distracted by other stuff to do, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, including helping the entomologist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we can do that here. Uh, uh, so we, we can go at the far ends, uh, out in the reeds and you can meet, uh, you can meet these people, moral, the cryptozoologist and Gary, mm-hmm. the crypto fascist. That's very funny <laughs> that they hang out because of the prefix. Yep. Like the cryptozoologist and the crypto fascist. Uh, of course. For cryptids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing they have in common. Yeah. First we will like, sacrifice the teachers, funny. then the mailman yep. and so on in that fashion. And then, and then Bigfoot. Yeah. Like I, I just, uh, I, I love it so much. It's so funny. <laughs> um, Gary, the crypto fascist is a really minor character. Yeah. Um, he is the person whose apartment we broke into. Uh, there we can kind of tease it, you know, show him the mug that's missing from his thing. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, like all fascists, is uh, absolutely pants pissingly terrified of authority and loves to lick a boot. Uh-huh. Um, so as soon as you start playing any kind of authority, he starts freaking out. He rolls over like a um, dog. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because he wants fascists belly are pathetic. He wants belly rubs. Like he mm-hmm. wants, you know, fascists want treat. Um, <laughs> so he's, you know, oh, this was a lapse in my honor. That I put the clothes, you know, I was just trying to clean up the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, like I didn't, I didn't think it looked good. <laughs> um, and he actually took the armor. This is how you can get the second piece of armor. Yeah. Uh, you intimidate him into taking it off. He's wearing it under his clothes. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, this is the only yeah. piece of armor that I got, uh, which I'm happy mm-hmm. I did because it uh, saved my life. Yeah. I think it's so, a good anyway. piece of armor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that dispatches with Gary, the crypto fascist. Uh, he can go back to his small, small little world. Uh, yeah. More importantly, you can talk to Moral here and ask him about what he's doing. Um, and you can pick your tack with him. You can be interested in uh, the Phasmid or you can uh, just kind of write it off. I went all in on like, yeah, I'm going to help you find this goddamn Phasmid. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he is looking for basically this ghost bug that disguises itself as a reed. Um, and it may be in any number of these traps that are around the island. Um, I agreed mm-hmm. to go check them so he can get back to Lena. Yeah. Uh, this is, again, this is not the best content in this game, just walking from trap to trap. Right, right. I think what they're trying to do is get you to explore the beach mm-hmm. fully. Yeah. You know? Um, they're all empty on there. You're not finding the, the this uh, phasmid. Um, when you talk to Moral and Lena... Um, you can get to them and they're in denial. Um, you know, they're, they're saying, oh, the bug must be more clever than we expected. Um, one of the traps has a hole Mm -hmm. in it. 
um, you know, the, the locusts are gone and you suspect that's Kuno. Uh, if you want to, you can shatter their dreams. But if you do that, that's a very monstrous act mm-hmm. because as you talk to them, you realize that their, their relationship is founded on this. Like they yes. have a very real love, mm-hmm. but it's really important that they hold on to this because it's, it's their origin story. Mm-hmm. Um, Lena has one of the few, like very substantiated accounts Yes, of this phasmid uh, as a child, and you can say like, "Hey, that's uh, that's no good." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that this is fake. You were a kid; you could believe anything, but you don't want to do that. No, um, that shit sucks. <laughs> let people have uh, their fiction. <laughs> like... Yeah, let people have their love. Um, so you want to go get the locust back? Um, they are. You know, you talk to Kuno; he denies it, and you can go <laughs> in his little shack, and he's put all the locusts in there. Yeah, um, it's part of his weird little like role-playing campaign he's making mm-hmm. it's the city of um, locusts the city of rage yeah <laughs> like kuno just wants to express himself but you got you got kuno, kuno s poking up over the uh, the fence over there telling him it's lame um yeah and i encourage him i say no it's it's good to make things like it's weird that it's locusts in a shack but you do you kuno yeah encouraging kuno is a good thing is a morally good thing to do yes in this game even if he has a little shit oh yeah um you can ask and say like hey can i we put you know, more locust in this trap. Like, let's not give up. Mm-hmm. And here, you know, Kim is really exhausted by this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and this is when you start, uh, not just yet, but soon you start, you can pick up on the fun that he's mm-hmm. having yeah. with it. Like he has to put on a front about it being bad, but he's actually having a little bit of fun. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I insist on checking the traps, you know, I say, Hey, let's not give up. Um, and she goes mm-hmm. up to you know, She She goes to stay with moral. Um, and yep. you know, is discouraged. Um, and when you go back and look at the trap that you, that, that you laid out, the locusts are still there and they're sick and they're dying. So like this really does, uh, look hopeless. Yes. Uh, did you solve the case with the dead body on the pier? I did. Uh, it actually looks like too, I had, uh, something before this, mm. um, as well that ties into it. Um, on day three, there's a lady outside of the bookshop. Did you talk to her? Uh, before the body i went up to talk to her and she like told me to buzz off and i was like oh okay you don't want to be bothered i figured it was oh okay i did i figured there wasn't anything else there uh what so is she the is she the wife yeah she's the wife okay um you know she can talk to her and you insist uh this is like this is a real good little uh little train here cool um you know you can kind of like empathetically learn like you know she says you know she doesn't know where her husband is and she's not worried but you can tell that she actually is and Mm -hmm. you kind of basically surmise all these things but her husband that he's a drinker she says well you know you're like hey i can look for him and one of the you know big threads of heart in this game i think to me is when you did you get the um project searchlight thought at any point no no um that's the name of the unit that finds missing persons okay uh in harry's thing and like you can start thinking about like maybe this is what i'm good at yeah you know because you you spend a lot of time doing that Mm -hmm. uh in this game and it's like an unequivocally good thing to do yeah to provide closure for people (laughs) yeah exactly it's very sweet yeah um so i talked to her she mentions uh his jacket his unusual jacket Mm -hmm. um little side thing that happens with here is you start uh talking about uh animals at some point she's browsing books mm-hmm. about this and you can talk about uh cockatoos different mm. ki- types of caca- cockatoos okay so i went into the bookstore and got a book about uh cockatoos because i thought that maybe that was my like heraldic animal okay um and you learn about like i read the book learned about different types of uh, cockatoos mm-hmm. and then like 
end up going back to her and being like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a fuck up a two. Like I fuck everything <laughs> up. So that's what me and Will keep saying. Like me and Will keep saying fuck up a two. Okay. As a, as a, you know, as a, a thing as like, you know, somebody who's a constant fuck up. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can ultimately end up kind of getting her on your side. And yeah. then because I had talked to her when I saw the body, I knew immediately who it was because of oh. the jacket. Yeah, so I so never. So it was really tragic. I never spoke with her until it was time to break the news. Oh yeah, and that yeah. I mean that that was awful. Uh, the way well, the that scene is horrible, out. regardless. Like yeah. whether you knew her or not, like it's it's a really hard scene. Yeah. Um. But again, it's it's stuff that puts this game in the stratosphere because what other video games are you breaking the news of a dead husband <laughs> right to a newly formed widow who has kids? Uh-huh. Uh huh. And you know it's taken really seriously. <laughs> um. So like on the pier and the, the other thing too is cause I had done the uh, autopsy. Like, so you're walking around the pier on this point and my, uh, like my senses, my perceptions like, Oh, you smell something familiar. It smells like behind the mm-hmm. hostel. Yeah. Um, and we, we find a dead body. Yeah. Um, um it's laying on the pier yeah. right next to a bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by inspecting this, you determine, okay, he was stupid drunk. Uh, he was walking along here. Um, a piece of the boardwalk that was rotten collapsed beneath him. Um, and he died uh, because his fall uh, made his head connect with a metal bench. He got a, he yep. got a million dollar baby. Yep. He has been brained. Yep. Um, the other weird little wrinkle to my version of this was this was the night I sent Kim off with the body. Oh. So I didn't have Kim with me here. So like I was alone and freaking out and I basically <laughs> had to run away and say like, I, I got to come back with Kim. Like Kim yes. will know what to do yep. about this. Like it was very childlike and, and endearing. <laughs> I need daddy. <laughs> I need, yeah, I need, I need, uh, I, I, everybody needs a Kim. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, so he has a library card on him, um, where we get his name and we can call the library and get information about who owns the card. Yes. Um, you know, the card actually belongs to the wife whose name is Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get an address, uh, here. So yeah. we have to go break the news. Yeah. Um, incredibly tough. Yeah. So like you go in and, you know, like Kim puts it on, you know, says like, Hey, you know, you, you go ahead and do this. Uh, it takes, I mean, like I had a pretty high empathy skill in this, uh, mm-hmm. cause I, cause I focused on, you know, the emotional, uh, the, the emotional stat, uh, I failed it and I stumbled yeah. and Kim is the one who has to step in. Um, and her reaction is so bad, you know, just like, you know, <laughs> watch if we, if we go frame by frame, you can see the moment where her heart breaks. Um, it's yeah. bad enough that you like, I take health damage, uh, from seeing it. It's just, it's just too heartbreaking. Yeah. Like I ended up ended up passing uh, all the checks around this, but it was still really uh, heart wrenching. Yeah. Um. I love the little moment beforehand when you talk to Kim and you're like, "Have you ever done this?" He's like, "Yeah, a couple times." And he says, "Well, what should I do?" And he says, "Just say, don't say you know how they feel because you right. don't." Yeah. You know, like by by that, no means say that. That is such a good. That is such good. It's advice. really good advice. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> mourning is such a mysterious and private thing. Yeah. That like any attempts, you know. Me and me and Jeremy were doing a Days of Future cast at one point, and the I like we both started talking about our mom's funerals. Okay, and there's like a half hour at the end of one of the episodes that is us talking about grief mm-hmm. that kind of came out of the nowhere, you know, absolutely nowhere. It wasn't yeah. even in the X Men season. I think we were talking about like <laughs> the like Hulk cartoon yeah. or some <laughs> some horse shit. But like we, you know, and it was just like a really long like unpacking uh-huh. about uh, about the experience of grief and the funerary process and such. Yeah. And it was just like really fascinating shit because it is, is beyond fucked up. And I feel mm-hmm. like, like there is understanding around it, but it also feels like something that you, you should not deign to say you understand. No, you know, like it's not like something you should, you should even really try to like put yourself in. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a huge and complicated thing that, you know, you, you, you will process grief for the rest of your life. 
you know? Yeah. It's just there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Incredibly sad stuff. Yeah. You know, also incredibly sad, you know, she maintains her composure just long enough for us to leave. Like her kid, their kid is off in his bedroom off to the side. And as you leave, you can hear her wailing that, you know, she expected that it was going to happen, but she, you know, the, the reality hit. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's very sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. back over on the, uh, the fishing Island, there are other NPCs that you can talk to the union of moribund alcoholics. Yeah. Yep. Three, uh, three people and they know you, mm-hmm. uh, they, they kind of hail you down. Um, one of them just, uh, talks about a girl's name, like mm-hmm. Abigail. Uh, and the name of the person is don't call it Abigail. Cause that's all he says. Right. Uh, very sad. Uh, there's a dealer here. So if you want to buy booze, mm-hmm. uh, you can buy it. And then there's a character named idiot doom spiral. <laughs> I love idiot doom uh, spiral. This is, uh, this is like the DLC bait, uh, mm-hmm. character, which is really interesting. Um, yeah. cause you know, he knows you and you can ply him with alcohol to get stories. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks to you, he calls you tequila sunset as your nickname. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you can say like, Hey, what's up with that? Like, tell me, tell me a story. And he mm-hmm. tells me the story of when you crashed your car Yes, and then started partying with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out that tequila sunset is actually an existing nickname. Like that is not what they, what he decided to call you. Like that's what the yeah. people at the station, you know, people in your unit call you. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and I, you know, you call yourself tequila sunset because it was the end of days. You know, yep. Um, yep. and he won't tell you anymore until you go and bring him some booze. Fortunately, you can just bring him a, a bottle of Pilsner, um, and he will be fine. Um, and, you know, you can just go talk to Rosemary, who's the who's the dealer there. Um, I love this. Lays out what he has to sell, and he's got this three hundred dollar or uh, three hundred real uh, bottle of spirits that he swiped from a doctor's office. Uh, that it was used to preserve snakes, and he got most of the yeah. snake out of it. <laughs> he tells you the story about it and just like as he goes he says the price again and he says it's worth three real instead of 300 and you can just buy it for that without correcting him and everything goes fine so yep. one of those what, what was a misspeak but it doesn't matter because it broke in your favor yeah yep mm-hmm. um you can uh when you give idiot doom spiral the pilsner uh he'll tell you a story of how he got his name yeah. Um, he used to be in kind of high society around, uh, this concept, creative industry, mm-hmm. uh, had the life. And then one day he lost his keys and his ID while on a jog, uh, couldn't get into his apartment mm-hmm. and then kind of lost his leverage. Like he could no longer, you know, the cops did not sympathize with him cause he didn't have ID. Mm-hmm. He couldn't get in there. Uh, this does not sound real. Right. Um, you know, it sounds like a fake thing, but he's, he's there and he's a drunk and he's kind of been a drunk ever since. Yes. Um, and he misses his jacket. Uh, which you can find uh, <laughs> on a fence covered in seagull shit. It's uh, so covered in see, shit that it's uh, it's solid as a plank. It's stiff. <laughs> yeah, Kim gives you a real look when you pick this up. Um, so I end up having the washerwoman clean this and bring it to him. And he says, no, 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 this is just crap. I wouldn't wear this. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get to keep the jacket. If you keep giving him beer, he tells you other stories, including the one that sounds like it is what people, the fans are guessing, is the, yeah. the DLC, which is the legend of the cocaine skull. Okay. Uh, here hmm. so he just tells you these little like he, i think he has three yeah uh, little stories he'll tell you in exchange for booze mm-hmm. and one of them sounds like something that uh something something you would open-ended. do yeah 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 um i so i like i i i had the option to like tell him like hey like all you know your whole for want of a nail story you know uh doesn't make yeah. any sense uh because 
everything was your fault and he's like yeah whatever <laughs> let's just have a drink yeah um yeah yeah uh, uh so a little further up on the uh on the boardwalk there's a gigantic uh there's a gigantic like factory building that is completely sealed off and there is a man uh standing next to a mural there uh and his son is with him and he is explaining uh the mural and what this building used to be and you can go up and you can overhear this he's talking about this computer company that used to have a headquarters here they were working on what is basically like this world's version of quantum computing uh but yeah. you know the revolution came and it ultimately failed you know not just because of the revolution but also because it was wildly expensive and, and impractical and as he is kind of giving this huge encyclopedia dump um, he mentions this gallery that features stuff similar to this mural called the Wompty Dompty Dom Center. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I love how that, that that in and of itself yeah. uh, unlocks a thought. Like the yeah. Wompty Dompty Dom Center. <laughs> what the fuck? Why is yeah. it called the Wompty Dompty Dom Center? <laughs> I must know. Yeah. Um, I, I love uh, Trant as an illustration of how, uh, like, a lot of, there are a lot of characters in the game that represent what happens when a stat gets too high. Yeah. You know, as like a representative of stats not being an inherent good. Like, uh -huh. it's not like D&D &D where you want 18s and everything. Right, right. You know, like, if you just have super huge encyclopedia, you become mm -hmm. Trant. Yeah, and Trant is impossible you know? to be around. Yeah, Trant, Trant, Trant's rough. Um, there's this church on the way there. Uh, the door is locked. Um, and there's a little picture of a dead man smiling. Uh, you know, X's for eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, smiley face on there. Um, and Kim mentions, uh, that delinquents, juvenile delinquents must be involved. Uh, mm -hmm. this foreshadows to his past in the delinquent unit. <laughs> right. Uh, it's 15 he years. It's 15 years in the delinquents unit. Yeah. And he absolutely, uh, hates it. Mm -hmm. Um, I could not get in the thing either. So I went and talked to the, uh, the kids, mm -hmm. uh, to ultimately get here nearby. There's a woman named a cell who is outside a tent. Um, making field recordings of cracking ice with a contact microphone. Mm -hmm. uh, this is this is real life uh, art music wank shit. Yep. Um, that is something that real life people do. Yeah, field recordings. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you can go into this tent and see that it is you know cover you know full of all of these big gear crates that are covered with uh, mm -hmm. with, with 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 tarps. Um, before you go, you can actually like tell her like yeah, this isn't a childish fantasy, but she says no, it actually is. Um, and so you yeah. go in, you go, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it is, uh, I never got resolution on this, but I was very sad. Uh, and it was suggested like, why are they leaving her outside to do this Right. while they hang out inside? Like it felt like she was being mistreated. Yeah. Um, there's very specifically like a secret that she has. I don't know if you got it, mm -hmm. but there, I never did. Right. Um, there's a thing where she's like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm hard to catch. I'm a silver bird. And I had a check that was like, catch the silver bird. Mm -hmm. And it was incredibly hard and I didn't do it. Yeah. So I never got her full story, unfortunately. Same, yeah. The, the, this whole this whole thing ended up being um, like a, a quest line that I ultimately didn't do uh, because I resolved it in a way that cut off a lot of the content. Because yeah. you know, I went inside. Uh, Kim stayed outside. <laughs> he says that he's too old for this, uh, but his pre decor is like, oh yeah, he just hates delinquents. Um, inside, there are three people. Um, the first one that I spoke to was Egghead. Uh, who yep. this is like a little dialogue puzzle, like, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's like the hype man for uh twisted fire starter. Uh, he is, he's got bit. big twisted fire starter. Yeah. Energy. 
uh, just as hardcore. Like there's one of the things he shouts out is internally coherent. Yep. <laughs> which I think is a very funny party shout. Yep. <laughs> internally coherent. Uh-huh. Um, he's kind of got like a German accent. Yes. Um, you know, and it's, it's a dialogue puzzle in that he won't actually speak to you. You have to figure mm-hmm. this out, though, David yeah. talking to Egghead. Um, this was also something I did not fully do, but this was the body. The main thing I did this week okay. uh, was th- this whole church quest, so I can speak to this. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I eventually yeah. crack his hardcore code. He's just a party boy. No. He is not a musician. Um, and, you know, what he wants to do is find a way to make the music more hardcore. Uh, and you can yes. like make suggestions about this and you can bring them tapes. I think you can bring him the door gunner tape and they can work that pretty into hardcore. it. Yeah. Pretty yeah. hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> um, the leader is Andre. Um, and he says, you know, basically says like, Hey, I, like you're a cop. Can you help us clear out these spooky, spooky people from the church so we can set up a venue in there? Yes. Um, I think Andre is a really well-observed character Yeah. in this. Uh, he is like, he's old, he's balding. Like mm-hmm. he has this weird haircut and you can challenge him on it. Like, Oh, you have that cause you're balding, mm-hmm. you know, like this is, you know, another form of somebody past their prime hanging on to their youth, mm-hmm. but a more successful version of it Yeah. than you. Like he is less a figure of fun. Mm-hmm. If you get this, this club up and running, like these characters are actually pretty wholesome. Yeah. If you, you know, if you follow them all the way down, um, you can kind of look at the stuff they have and you can see like, actually they have stuff to make meth. Yeah. Um, in here. Uh, and you know, it doesn't add up. They only have one speaker. They don't have any headphones mm-hmm. and you can say like, Hey, uh, you guys are trying to make math. And they're like, well, we want to do that to, to run the club to get money. Yeah. And you can actually say, uh, you yes to the club, but no to the math. Okay. You do not get to set up a drug lab here, but we'll let you set up the club. Yeah. I, I basically told them to, to, to skedaddle, uh, because mm-hmm. they, they tried to, they, they lied to me. <laughs> like, no, no yeah. you can't do that. Like if I say, if I say, oh yes, club, no meth, you know what you're going to do? You're going to make some meth when I'm not looking. Well, yeah. Kim takes the meth stuff. Ah, uh, okay. I don't think you can say uh yes, club and yes, meth. I think Kim stops it. Gotcha. So yeah, we, we, that stuff gets, gets confiscated, but they, they are true believers in the music. Like they're not, mm. it's not like they pretend to be into music, but they're really into drugs. Right. Like they, you know, they're, they're well-intentioned. They're just mm-hmm. also, and the, the way that I ended up like approaching it was like up until three days ago, I also did meth probably <laughs> Yep. like it's only because by the grace of Gary Butterfield that this <laughs> Harrier Dubois is now a straight edge icon. Yeah. So like, <laughs> um, I did, it didn't used to be, so I can't, I can't judge these kids too, too harshly because I probably will also like meth. Uh-huh. You know, I got my electrochemistry skill yelling at me to become one of these kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, so I can I can have a little bit little bit of sympathy for them and their anodic dance music, which yeah. you, you do not understand as a as a disco person, but uh, they oh, are I obviously very that. passionate about. Well, you, oh, you can also understand it. Yeah, Ooh, like if you okay. if you ask the right questions about it and talk to, I think there's somebody else in town, and I can't remember who you can talk to about music, but I had a little bonus that was like andoic music expert. Ooh, okay. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I had known about uh, that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I got the key off of them, you know, but and I wanted to go because they talked about strange, strange equipment and crab people, uh, yes. in, in this, in this church. So I wanted to go and see, and see what the, see what this is. Uh, and I imagine that at least the beginning of what you do with talking to the church people is the same, regardless of how you decide to land the plane. And I would like to hear yeah. like how this resolves if you, if you engage with the quest fully. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll talk about the the stuff that's common that we yeah. have here, and I'll talk about the end of the quest at the end because yeah. you have to do all the stuff normally first, right? Um, so you can get in um, either by getting a pry bar again or using the key. Um, and like the church is full of these half finished sculptures that are not of Dolores day who this church was built in honor of, um, but it's these half finished sculptures. And then you also have all of these wires that are leading to bowls of water that are arranged around the, uh, the sanctuary that are kind of like leading to this mainframe rack, um, that mm -hmm. is up toward this, uh, broken toward this broken, um, stained glass, uh, depiction of Dolores day. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, which you can spend uh, a lot of time with mm -hmm. uh, taking a look at this. Um, and this is where you can learn a lot about this uh, kind of religion mm -hmm. here. Um, you know, you mentioned this, you learn about Dolores Day here. Um, and you can also learn about how uh, in this world, instead of the heart being the symbol of love, it's the lungs, mm -hmm. uh, a glowing set of lungs. And that there's something menacing yeah. about Dolores Day. And Kim will be like, yes, like there actually, there is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, you know, there is there's a harshness yeah uh, to her she's beloved and feared yeah just just like the way that if Dolores Del if Joan of Arc was alive in our day it would be fucking terrifying yeah you know? yeah um so we get this uh, this information uh about that we can also talk to the crab man his name is Tiago uh and he kind of descends from the rafters um he tells you about uh how you know he knows your body has been ravaged uh, by alcohol, your spirit has been ravaged, and he's here to reference uh, worship something called the Mother of Silence, which yes. the church was built around. Mm -hmm. um, and this is, you know, this makes you think of a pale driver. Mm -hmm. um, this is a a piece of pale. Yep. Uh, here, um, and this is the the quest on this is to kind of figure some of this stuff out. Mm -hmm. um, this is a this is a hole in the world. Yeah. Um, and you can find this out by walking between these uh, bowls of water, and when you stand there. Uh, when you talk, all the sound is swallowed. Yeah. Uh, from there, you can no longer hear yourself breathe. You can't. You can barely hear Kim. Mm -hmm. When you're there. Yeah, it's like being in a like an in an anechoic chamber, uh, which will make yes. you go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, which I've it, always wanted to be in. I always wanted to check that out for at least like a second. Yeah, I wanted you know? to see just to see what it feels like. It's not like permanent, yeah. you know, but like it is a sense of derealization when uh, you know things do not behave the way that you would expect them to. Um, yeah. but yeah, like this is, you know, this is a small piece of pale, you know, it is a two millimeter hole in the world. Uh, and you know, by talking to, uh, you know, by, by talking to Joyce, you understand this is like a spore of an organism. This means terrible things for Martinet and Revachal, you know, uh, generally, because this will grow like this is going yes. to expand, you know? <laughs> and when you, when you put it together, this is actually one of seven, yeah. Uh churches that you, you can find out through this kind of quest line. So mm -hmm. there are multiple bits. Yeah. Where there are holes in reality that are expanding. Yeah. Um slowly. So really bad shit. Mm -hmm. Um there's a radio operator here, uh, who's here who we can talk to, um, who is using the same kind of machine as the tabletop uh gamers yes. are using. Um and uh you can kind of uh talk to her about it and you find out that she uh her name's Suna. Mm -hmm. Um she's researching this thing in my since i was trying to uh get her out to uh mm. to get the kids in um she says you know after you talk to her she says well okay well i will leave if i complete my research so i need the uh and i was like okay um 
what do you need to complete your research? And she's like, why, you know, I don't know. And because I did the stuff with the doomed commercial district, I could offer the like master tapes yeah, of her yeah. tabletop game, like basically offering her a career change. Like what if you went back to that? Yeah. Uh, so I had to get into the freezer. Mm-hmm. You get her that um, you go and do, uh, she uses those master tapes and you adjust the bowls mm-hmm. uh, there and she has a, a microphone set up where it here it's set up to point at the millimeter, two millimeter hole in reality. Mm-hmm. And you take turns on headphones trying to listen to it. Yeah. Um, like it's very scary. Like she's very scared of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you don't hear anything, but you can, you know, there's something there. You sent something. Mm-hmm. So you can suggest to her like, hey, maybe the reason why you can't hear this is because your sound system isn't good enough. <laughs> like if you're willing to let these kids come in here and do this and cohabitate with them, they'll let yeah. you use their sound system and get the proper like a base range yeah. for this. Uh, so you do the kids set up there in a club and they're like co they're cohabitating. Uh, they're all there. Uh, and they do the experiment again with their base rig and they, it can't turn off. Like the signal starts shaking. Oh, it's like uh, a the feature loop part. kind of thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like it starts, the, like the church starts crumbling, like the statue, you know, the glass stained glass starts falling and everything mm-hmm. and everyone is losing their minds. Like it's extremely scary. Yeah. Uh, eventually they, they pull the plug. Uh, on it uh, but this is like completes her research like and it's you know everyone is kind of in shock at the terror of this mm-hmm. but the kids get this idea that like by making this a place of sound um you know these churches were originally built to contain this yeah like this was never you know it wasn't like it wasn't uh, an accident holes st- yeah yeah holes didn't start where the churches were churches started where the holes were mm-hmm. um you know so they uh they say like yeah we're gonna do this this club and she's like well that you know that might help uh the kids believe that mm-hmm. it's going to stave off the end of the world yeah um you get to name the club okay um and you can name it uh disco elysium or at war with the furies mm-hmm uh, there. Um, and then, uh, a really, really wonderful scene, uh, that can happen in this is, uh, you can start dancing, um, <laughs> with them to the music and you just like start busting a move and you start calling on everyone to dance Okay, around you. Um, and everybody starts dancing to this, uh, electronic dance music. Mm-hmm. Um, and you call on Kim, uh, to dance and Kim, obviously you know, stick <laughs> he's too mud. buttoned up for that. Yeah. It's an incredibly difficult authority check uh, to do so. <laughs> if you do so, he busts a move. He's like, well, Ooh. I was in the delinquent unit for 15 years. I can dance. Nice. And he starts doing this, like, really, really great dance. Uh, it's a really sweet moment. If you, uh, if you fail it, though, Will was telling me about this. Uh-huh. Um, you call him a slur. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you're just, like, caught up in the moment. You're like, come on, do it, you... You know, and and he leaves, and then you go out, and he talks about how disappointed you are. And Will was like, "It was the only time I reloaded a save." Yeah, uh, in the game, like I couldn't have that on my conscience. Yeah, I mean, so the, you you call him a slur. Is it implied that you that that, that it's a homophobic slur? Or no, no, is no. It... I, it's, okay, because you can you can go through the game without knowing that. Right. Um, right. I think it's a racial slur. Okay. Um, the way you find out that uh, so Kim Kitsuragi is gay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way you find that out is by talking to the cigarette smoking man, and you get a uh, like a thought that's like the homosexual agenda. Yeah. And basically, the way you solve it is not by figuring out the agenda; it's by not obsessing over everyone's sexuality. <laughs> right. And then you can talk to, after you unlock that, you can talk to Kim and Kim says like, yeah, like I'm gay. Yeah. Like you can have a um, conversation. Like you can say, there's just something about that guy that is like sticking out to me. I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah. yeah it starts the conversation. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a very like sweet little scene, mm-hmm. you know, like you learn, uh, the, the stuff you learn about the pale from that, other than the fact that it might be able to be combated, mm-hmm. uh, through this, like the kid storyline in this, I think the whole thing is a thread of hope yeah. in like the next generation. Like there, there are parallels to you mm-hmm. in that as somebody who can't let go of the culture of the past right? right. and is absolutely you know, and your own past mm-hmm. and are positively self-destructing, right. you know, like a, in, in a way. And then there are these kids who are not really kids. Like these are adults <laughs> um, who are keyed into the future mm-hmm. and have this hope. Yeah. And I think that's the idea behind them. Like this mm-hmm. is, you know, the, for climate change, for, you know, whatever crisis this represents, right. It's not going to be the, the Harrier Dubois of the world mm-hmm. or the Joyce's of the world that, that solve yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be these kids. Yeah. And you can decide if that is cheesy. You can decide if that works because it's cheesy. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, I'm 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 kind of a fan of at least the idea that this is something that can help them outrun the thing that is chasing us all down. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I'm not going to turn down hope in Disco Elysium. It's no, it, like no. hope is one of my favorite. Like this game does that better than, mm-hmm. you know, almost any game that I can yeah. think of. Yeah. Like, yeah. is it so? Is it confirmed? So with Suna, uh, you know, yeah. and her kind of connection to the the game dev studio and the catastrophic data loss that happened, is it confirmed that like they were sending it and it just happened to get sucked in by this uh, little black hole of the pale? Yes. Okay. Um, and I also I I'm glad you brought that up because the other thing that this suggests that's really interesting because there's no conclusions, but you can you can suggest it right is you can talk about how that is actually the reason why. Uh, Revishal is in the condition it's in. Okay. Like, we're, they're losing information. This is a nexus of failure. And right. it's not just the failed business district or this crumbling church. It's also the revolution itself. Right, um, right. And you can kind of, you know, try to figure out the chicken and the egg. Like, did all of this conglomerated failure mm-hmm. cause a hole in reality? Or is this co- hole in reality causing the, all this failure in a way yeah. that's very similar to, like, uh, Shadowrun Hong Kong? Right. Um, as an idea. Um, yeah. It's and, and basically like, yeah, like, and you can kind of just list all these horrible things that have happened here. Mm-hmm. You know, all these entropic effects as something like a place that is just closer to entropy mm-hmm. than, than it should be. Yeah. It's, you know, everything is teetering on the edge because this is the edge. Like, and this is why things are falling. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you can bring up the dice maker be like other yeah, people, you know, there are people who are successful. Mm hmm. Uh, in this and like when you're talking to Suna, like one of the things is like, well, it's it's a matter of time. Yeah, you know, like it's it's not the we all we can really get is temporary victories. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, in the face of this, so it kind of presents. It doesn't really make a conclusion. It just yeah. presents these I, different philosophies. I love how I love how appropriate it is that you know the fact that it's a dice maker who is successful for right now, but Suna says like, yeah, you know, you roll the dice enough, you're gonna, you know, eventually over time, you're likelier to fail. I, I love that it is the dice maker who is like literally presented as both the example and counterexample. Uh, for the for oh, totally. this idea, it's very good. Well, and like a dice maker, you know, there there's spiritual like elements. Yeah, of that, yeah. You know, to this idea, like the idea yeah. that the dice maker is the one who is saying, you know, the person <laughs> who creates the things on which fate tumble. Yeah, is saying that we're all just pr- protected by coincidence. <laughs> you know, it's nothing. Is it's just like it's very rich. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that, that, that's yeah. what I'm keying in on is kind of the spiritual yeah. angle of that. Yeah, rich uh, video game. So good, so good. Yeah. Um. Uh, also good is how you get your gun back. 
Uh, so mm-hmm. I'll kind of talk about dealing with the pigs. So if you think back, uh, one of the leads for your gun was to talk to um, was to talk to the pawnbroker and say, like, yeah, there was a woman who came in who said something about, like, I'm a pig or, you know, just something about the pigs. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, one thing that you can find out by mailing the letter uh, that Everett told, you know, told you to sign. Uh, sending that out, um, you know, Everett says, like, yeah, there is this crazy old woman uh, who calls herself the pigs who bought it from the pawn shop. Uh, crazy old woman is you know the the term that is used used here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's in the game. Uh, so you can go and meet her uh, that night. Uh, and so you're going to have to wait for that to happen. Uh, since we are dealing with Everett here, you can also, um, you know, ask him, like, hey, what do you have to do with the body? Um, and he says, oh, the body, you know, the reason why we never took it down and the reason why we're kind of like playing this is because it's very, very convenient that the body is going to let us, uh, start this war. You know, what he wants to do is like, Hey, this Harbor and therefore Martinet and this, uh, the, this part of this part of Revachal, it's all owned by wild pines, you know, and you know, if we have this war, we can make this clean break. We can reclaim the harbor for the people who live here um, and ultimately set up this new this new economy that is powered not by the shipping volume that, you know, Wild Pines provides, but by basically entering the drug trade. Um, yeah. You know, kind of going through this, becoming a gray market, um, a, a gray market <laughs> mover of all of these drug chemicals, you know, that are illegal in some places that are but are illegal in others. Uh, and basically say like, yeah, it's all purpose chemicals all the time. It doesn't matter if this is for illicit drugs or for actual medications. This is what will give you will give at least Martinet, uh, but the union specifically, um, their own, uh, kind of economic, uh, their own economic, uh, you know, power. independence. Yes. Independence yeah. and power. Yeah. 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 Uh, pretty scummy. Yep. Cause they're going to sacrifice a lot of people mm-hmm. for that wasp and a beehive. Yes. Um, so you get the meat uh, at this point. Like, again, I watched this. I didn't, uh, yeah. didn't do it, um, to go, uh, in the fishing village to find the pigs. Um, and the pigs is this very pathetic figure. Uh, yeah. It is a uh, a woman uh, who is waving the gun around, um, and she's got a hand cranked siren on her back. Then, like, a, it's almost looks like a Dark Souls enemy or something. Yeah, <laughs> like it, that's it's, great. It's, it's, it's very Dark Soulsy. It's, so she's like cranking the siren. She's covered. She basically is wearing this turtle shell made out of red and light uh, or red and blue sirens, like the, yeah. like the like the flashing lights on her back, um, and she is just a walking cacophony. Um, yeah. you know, she looks like a dark souls villain, um, and she is, or dark souls enemy, the villains would be a little bit more put together. Uh, but she is like screaming in her, you know, her, her specific delusion is that she represents the entirety of the police force and she is yelling alongside the siren, all of this police, uh, procedural language about a confrontation that is only going on in her head. Yeah. It's very if sad. You- when you're empathetic, you kind of learn like her kid, you know, she, uh, she has a degenerative motor disease. Um, and you learn that like, she just started going bad. And there's like this really heartbreaking empathy line in this string, which is like when things started getting bad, her kids and the kids of her kids stopped coming around. Jesus. You know? Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's really, really sad. Like she is just lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you can try a couple different tacks to talk her down, mm-hmm. um, you know, saying like, oh, you know, we are your backup. Like we are the police, like pretending like she is the police is the way to do it because she mm-hmm. believes this. The reason she believes it is because she's kind of constructed her own little world out of listening to like copaganda, yeah. basically like listening to police procedurals. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually you can try to go for the gun. If you don't make it, she tries to shoot you, but it's not loaded. Of course, the pawn shop is not going to sell a loaded gun. Right. Um, and you can get, she goes into a catatonic state at this point. Yeah. Um, she keeps saying like, you know, guns, cop guns have bullets. Right. Why did they sell me this thing? It didn't have bullets. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really heartbreaking. Like, yeah. It's (laughs) fucking sad. You know, she, Uh, (laughs) like she, 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 she goes through it. Okay. So cop guns have bullets. This is not a cop gun. Having this doesn't make me a cop. Then what am I? What am I? Yeah. It's really, really heartbreaking shit. Yeah. Um, but you can get your gun back here. You can also get your hat uh, back from here. Hmm. And uh, you can ask about, uh, you know, you can also, she has drugs on her. And your initial thing is you think she's on drugs, but then your electrochemistry can be like, nah, she's not. Yeah. And when you take them, you're like, oh, she confiscated those because she thinks she's you. Mm-hmm. You know, she thinks she is doing your job. Yeah. Um, the kind of good ending to this is to talk to the Hardy boys yeah. about her because they might know her family. Right. Um, yeah. You know, she, she can't be out there at night. She, you know, something terrible is going to happen to her. Um, I let her yeah. keep my hat. Like I was mm-hmm. not, I was not going to take that away from her. Although like feeding into her delusion, probably not the healthiest thing. Um, and you know, in the yeah. long run, but yeah. Um, I'm just going to put this here because this happened uh, at the end of day three for me. Uh, but I really like mm-hmm. the day three dreams dream sequence uh, where your reptilian brain and your limbic systems are taunting you saying like, Hey, you're spinning on empty. Uh, you're going mad. And this world is in a loop. Um, you know, and as you're talking about this, they're just kind of like alluding to, you know, what broken you, why you had this episode and why you feel this way. You know, they talk about like all these things that you're doing, you know, solving the case. It won't put smoke back in her mouth. And you ask why? And the, you know, the limbic system, I believe, just basically says, because only love can break your heart. And he sings it like it's the chorus of that Neil Young song. Yeah. Giving you more of an, uh, you know, giving you more confirmation of what exactly is going on with Harry emotionally. Did you end up um, doing karaoke? At any point? Yes. We can talk about that here. I don't know that I made a note of it just because, like, you find the tape over in the fishing village. Um, yeah. Did you pass the check or did you fail it? I failed it. <laughs> oh, I failed I, it so bad. <laughs> I, I like failing it more than I like passing it. Yeah. I watched the, the passing it screen. Uh-huh. Uh, but this is, you know, this is a good time to talk about this because the two voices are your reptilian mm-hmm. brain or your limbic system mm-hmm. sing depending yeah. on whether you pass or fail right? Uh, this thing. And I love this, the sequence, you know, you can tell, uh, you know, I had done some stuff for Gart. Like I'd gotten him a different bird yeah. uh, from the, the sea village and stuff mm-hmm. like that's a really minor quest, but I'm like, try this bird. Yeah. Um, you know, things like that. <laughs> so he allowed me to do karaoke. Um, and uh, a weird thing, this also underlines, there's a weird little bit of the game assumes you'll have Kim for everything. Okay. Um, I ended up doing karaoke when Kim was not there. He was putting the body back. Okay. But he still referenced it in the end. Yeah. So cinema sins. <laughs> ding. Uh, <laughs> the entire works invalid. Bye everybody. Yep. Ding ding. Cinema sins. Ding ding ding. Um, ding 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 ding. Um, but uh, you you go and you you find this song about the like the last lonely little church mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, it's an actual British Sea Power song. Um, and I love the way this uh, articulates because if you uh, 
check out your surroundings, you mm-hmm. get detriments to your, your tasks, not bonuses. Right. Which is the opposite of everything else in the game where, mm-hmm. like, taking it slow and gathering more information helps you. Yeah. But karaoke is something you should just lean into and do. It's not right. something you should sit down and look at the people watching you. It's it's not something uh, for the self-conscious. Yes. And, and me kind of examining everything made me more self-conscious, so I failed the check. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you off-key caterwaul uh the song yeah and if you if you feel it if you do the reptilian version you kind of speak sing growl it in a way Ooh, that like just sounds menacing thing? and yeah it's but it's the reptilian brain yeah. voice like it's it's like tom waits but scarier and eviler <laughs> brother you know it, it's, yeah. it's it's very menacing and and gross yeah uh so i i think i'm on team fail karaoke yeah uh, for you, but it is very off key yeah it's very off key and there's no way to skip through it like there's no way to fast forward nope it. um it's very long too so i was like yeah. yeah i understand i get like i get the point here uh but it leads to this kind of like very sweet moment with kim you know where like mm-hmm. everything you know like the, the 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 union people are yelling at you to shut the fuck up your your partners who are there in disguise are like oh my god this is just a just a travesty you can you can talk to kim about it and ask you know ask what you think and he'll say oh i liked it um mm-hmm. and your 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 senses can say like oh you know he's lying to you it just you know, like you, you know you know you did awful and he knows you did awful he's just being polite but like eventually later you know it comes out like kim says no i liked it because it was imperfect like i could tell you felt it So moving on to uh, day three, um, if you have the map, you can then go and kind of figure out what those different angles are. So you have a little quest on where to check out mm-hmm. uh, for the uh, the, the bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, going looking for them. One of them you can't get to right. yet. Uh, you go to Land's End, and it's useful knowing about Land's End because you can take uh, the, the Lilia mm-hmm. for a date here. Oh, yeah. Um, at some point. But um, you can't get to the other one. And it doesn't look like someone used a gun here. Right, right. There's um, no, like, So you're still kind of thinking it's the deck or it's the uh, the roof. But again, 72% chance. Likely, mm-hmm. but not necessary. Yeah. Not, and not, not a sure thing. Um, so yeah. with the information that we have about Ruby, you know, having gotten into her, uh, into her truck, uh, seeing the uh, gas pedal with the sandpaper and, you know, noticing the, <laughs> all of the smuggling equipment and the radio and things, you can go and press Titus about this, you know, and talk with him about her infatuation with Klossier and, you know, this potential secret path to the roof, which he is skeptical about, you know, yeah. um, and he eventually breaks saying that like, ruby ran ran off like right when i got here you know like a week ago when (laughs) before your amnesia because you know along with you came your reputation uh you are a can opener is what you are is what they call you and what that ultimately means you know like they think this is really menacing they figure like hey you're gonna come in and start fucking people up no what it means is you just get people to open up to you just like you got thomas to do right here (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just by asking questions. Yeah. But you have this reputation as being something way more menacing because your precinct is at least semi-corrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of starts this this thing with you trying to be like, am I actually one of the goons for this organized crime thing? Yeah. And you can later find out that you would have been, but that you were too unstable to be approached. <laughs> you know, uh, like, so you're actually, again, like you are an uncorrupt cop. Mm-hmm. 
in in a, in a world where that's really rare, like all this evidence that you're actually like, you know, a better person than you let on mm-hmm. uh, for this. Yeah. Um, you can ask him about the weird radio frequencies she uses. Uh, and he says, you know, she's talking about building a pale emitter. Yeah. Um, they don't know what that means and you don't know what it means. Um, it's we'll find though. out soon enough. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so she's like, well, she's probably somewhere on the coast, mm-hmm. they say. So now this starts this kind of long and a little bit meandering quest of just finding where she's at. Yeah. Um, checking places. And the game will even says, like, Kim will be like, yeah, we just kind of have to check places. Let's check, start with the doors we can open and then move on to the doors we can't. Right. You know, let's let's just do be procedural about this. This is the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can go and talk to the washerwoman. She's kind of at the center of the fishing island culture there. Uh, but she won't talk. I love the line. She says, this world doesn't work when people tell. Yeah. You know, which yeah. is a little bit like it's a bit of an echo of what happens when you're talking to uh, Thomas about Clossier. And he says, like, yeah, you know, if people here uh, have their past held against them, then nothing can stay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and that obviously ties into the themes of Harry, mm-hmm. like being free, you know, torment, uh, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like you don't be constrained by the person you were yesterday. Yes. You know, um, in the little shack that she gave you, uh, which we didn't explicitly talk about, but you, you know, you get it, you can get a shack. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find a bullet, a single bullet, and you know that, you know, empathy and uh, spirit decor kind of tells you this is Rose Ruby. You know, yeah. and you can kind of confront the washerwoman with this. And she's like, yeah, like Ruby does rent the place from time to time. She was there Friday to Sunday, but she left on Monday before you showed up. Yes. Um, this is also where you can shave uh, yeah. in this place and do not do it. Nope. You look extremely ugly and compromised. <laughs> keep the keep the sideburns on. They get less sad yeah. in context as the story goes on. Yes. Yeah. yeah they're extremely sad without them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you can say goodbye. Uh, and for me, Inland Empire, uh, you know, uh, popped up right as I was saying bye to the washerwoman saying, hey, you know, like, go look at the uh, fe- the felled electric mural again, where Trant was, you know, explaining all this mm-hmm. stuff. Saying like, hey, go go look at that closer this time. Uh, when you get there, I think this is the only mandatory check in the game. I th- Possibly. Mm-mm. The No, yeah, no, you don't have to make this check. Okay. Um, so this this is what will tell you. So Ruby's in the basement of, uh, of the, the Feld Electric, Electric building. building. Yeah. Um, and you can find that out if you check other places okay. in town. Eventually, you can go up here and say, like, we need to check this building. It's like process of elimination. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, it's not mandatory, but Shivers just t- kind of tells you. I, I find this a little bit sloppy. Yeah. That your magic power just says, hey, the thing you're looking for is there. <laughs> right. Um, you know. Uh, and this is your point of no return, actually, as well. It's worth noting that right. um, the game will tell you this. Like at some point shortly after this, they'll say, hey, if there's anything you want to wrap up, mm-hmm. you should do it. Yeah. Because um, the game's going to kind of be on rails a little bit mm-hmm. uh, from here on out. Um, regardless of whether you get here because you passed the check or if you just done process of elimination, yeah. um, you need to get up on the roof. There's not an entrance you can get in the front door, right? Uh, but you think you might be able to get in there and there's a very rickety ladder. I love this. Uh, there. Uh, this so- is really great. <laughs> Kim yeah, is, is not Kim's not willing to climb it. It's like, hey, we're we're no good to anybody if our legs are broken. Uh yeah. and there's really no okay. practical way that you could do it either. Um, and one of the options available as you're thinking about your options uh, is think, oh, I can try to teleport. Yeah. And, and of course I, you can. Yeah, I, yeah, I've never tried, so maybe I can teleport. Um and I passed a savoir faire check 
and Harry closes his eyes like the screen blacks out and you teleport and you end up at the top of the building <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, there you go. And Kim is like, OK, that was impressive. And he says, you know, just for the record, you didn't teleport there. You just climbed the ladder really quick with your eyes closed. <laughs> yeah, very, very funny. Yeah. As again, that, that plausible deniability about anything supernatural. Right. right. You know, happening. And then it had this reminded me of Douglas Adams, like the way to fly is to throw yourself at the ground and miss. Uh-huh. You know, a little bit, which I've always liked. Yeah, I like that. Um, so you can now get in here and let Kim in uh, through the service door. Um, he finds another way. Uh, I open up the door, and he had found another way in already through uh, this little side passage, so we can come back here if we want to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a set of tunnels. On the way to the tunnels, um, you can find this little uh, side cave Yeah, full of uh, communard propaganda and stuff mm-hmm. um which i was expecting to be related to this but it is a, a little bit of a red herring yeah yeah it's uh it it, it works in but it's not ultimately yeah. like determinative of what happened no but yeah like this it, was it, a little it, yeah. propaganda like, like like a propaganda shelter um it's a little foreshadowing about the real murderer yes uh yeah. this is where you can pick up a uh a nushanka like the furry russian hat uh and mm-hmm. put it on and if you have not uh picked up the communism thought uh, so far then you you know putting this on will let you pick it up if you would like to yep. but um but yeah the critical path here is to you know continue going deeper into the tunnels until eventually uh the screen flashes and you stop and both kim and harry uh you know reach up and they grab their head in pain they are being assaulted by some kind of just painful radio frequencies uh this is that thing that thomas told us ruby was building this uh this pale emitter uh, and she's using it against us uh, as we try to ask her questions. Yeah. Like yeah. bombarding you with nothingness Yeah, uh, in the form of radio signals. Again, huge Grant Morrison energy. Yeah. Like to the, this whole this whole game. Um, and we can kind of talk to her. Uh, she denies doing the shooting. Yeah. You know, she says, like, listen, this compressor is bad, uh, but it's not as dangerous as this tribunal is about to be. Like mm-hmm. a third mercenary has come to down and this is going to be a bloodbath. Like this is right. the serious thing. Don't stop wasting your time with me. <laughs> you know, uh, you can say, well, oh, no, you were in love with Kloshki. And she's like, no, I like liked her, but I wasn't going to kill for her. Right. You know, I, I knew what to do because I had a bad feeling about that guy, but it wasn't because this was premeditated. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, the shot couldn't have come from the roof. Uh, because people would have heard it downstairs. We did not hear anything, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and we get, we had, at this point, uh, we, I got the bullet out of the mouth. So I knew what type of gun it was. I knew yeah. it wasn't going to be a silencer thing. It was a revol- It could be a revolutionary era gun. Gotcha. A, a certain kind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so I knew that it couldn't have been silenced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we say like, Oh, why didn't you kill him? And she says, like, listen, I'm not going to stick around because you were on the way. Like, you're a Laputa Madre agent. Like, you're going to kill me because I know how you guys work. You're corrupt cops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, like, like this, because you're uncertain about it, um, is, uh, is, you know, it's enough to give you a lot of doubt. And you're really relieved to find out, you know, like we said at the end, that you're not uh, corrupt like you think you are. Um, yeah. she says that, okay, like, yeah, uh, I, I, I went into, I, I moved into motion when Klausia told me about this because, you know, it was worth protecting her, but the idea to stage a lynching, that was Klausia. Like she was yeah. ice cold about all of this. Like, yes, she was drugged because she had done Coke before she went down, but like she knew like that this belies 
uh, uh, just a, a much more sinister background in uh, in in espionage than she let on. The fact that yeah, she was absolutely. this impersonal about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. She she is. Uh, she's been lying to you this entire time. Yes. Total femme fatale style. Uh, somewhere in here, mm-hmm. I failed a check, uh, and she shot herself. Oh, geez. Uh, my, my, my Ruby murdered herself in front of me. Um, I tried to talk her down and let her go, but mm. I failed the check for it. Um, and she, she kills herself. Did you... uh, And this can do a, a non-game over, non-standard game over. You can tell Kim, like, I can't handle this. I quit. Oh, wow. And you can, like, literally quit the game from, huh. uh, from seeing it. Wow. So she so yeah. she would rather shoot herself than deal with Laputa Matre. She still firmly yeah. believes. Uh, so I couldn't convince her that I wasn't a monster. Like I failed the dice roll. Yeah. Like it wasn't, you know, Gary clicked bad. It was Gary clicked good and dice mm-hmm. the dice, dice maker bad. was indifferent. <laughs> um mm-hmm. did you pass the check like to shoot the uh to, to, to shoot the emitter to turn it off? I don't recall. Uh, yeah. This is stuff I did in my first playthrough, so it's been a few weeks. Yeah. Um, um, I, I don't so I, exactly recall. I think succeeding in that check um, is mm-hmm. what puts you on the path to her killing herself. That, I, that I, definitely could be it. Yeah, I, I, I failed it. And and because I was still I was still locked in place, she had the opportunity to gather what she needed and, and then leave. And leave. I, I know you can let her go, too. I know you don't have to. You can, if, if I had shot, I didn't shoot it because I didn't have a gun, but I think okay. I might have dove for it. Yeah. I think if there's you, something you can uh, throw too. Yeah. 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 If you, if you get it, you can turn it off and let her go. Mm-hmm. It's not like turning it off means she will kill herself and not turning it off means she escapes on her own. Uh-huh. Like you can actually willfully let her go as well. Right. Right. Um, this was the thing I told you about where I kind of ameliorated, uh, Tom, uh, what's his head? The nice dude. Right. His thing is I went back and lied to him and told him that she got out. <laughs> Because uh, I, I couldn't like she's like he's like hey did you meet up with her and I want to be like and Kim like gives you the eyebrow yeah like, you don't need to tell this guy that she killed herself because of us right uh, so I was just like yeah she escaped yeah uh, so who's who's it gonna hurt who's it gonna hurt if we lie yeah. to him about this yeah, yeah. a good white lie uh, at this point yeah well I, so I I also told him that but it was the truth for me yeah yeah <laughs> so um, again secret ingredient to good nuanced games is allowing you to lie mm-hmm. so good. So. Uh, so regardless of how she leaves the stage, uh, all that's really left, all that's really left behind, um, is her squat down here. You know, she has set up a tent. Uh, she's got this journal, uh, which is full of all of her logistics, you know, just her timetables and things for the, for the drug trade. Uh, but also she has some personal notes, which you can go through and decode, uh, and, you know, reveals like she suspects that she is being framed, uh, though she thinks that this is unlikely. That's exactly what was happening. Clausia was trying yeah. to, you know, throw her under the bus. Yep. <laughs> When, so uh, this is this is one of my favorite. Like all the sequences from here on are all my favorite sequences in the game. Right. <laughs> Basically, like this is all so fucking a plus as to be extra credit. Uh huh. Um, on your way back, like we're in serious time now. Yes. Um, and I I did not know this. Uh, at some point, um, you're if you have the horrific necktie mm-hmm. and you've kept that on, it says like, hey put me inside the bottle of blue medicinal spirits. Yes. Um, you know, and it stops talking to you at this point, like mm-hmm. it's serving its purpose. Right. Uh, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you head back, it'll also say, I, so I didn't have a gun. So I got Ruby's gun. Okay. She killed herself. Oh, uh, and the, uh, it told me to, so that's the way the game cleverly makes sure you have a gun, uh-huh. uh, during this part. And my, you know, senses told me, Hey, make, put on a gun, mm-hmm. like carry a gun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we get to the standoff 
um, when we get back to Martinez, um, you know, the mercenaries are confronting the Hardys. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is so good. Like, this is so tense and like... <laughs> yeah another just a dialogue boss battle mm-hmm. you know it's a, it's a you know even though yes this is combat there are you know explosions and gunfire but it is all done through these checks and like once action starts happening it is all in like the slow motion montage of you know extreme focus on the things that are that matter for the given check yes. it is presented so good yeah uh, this can go down a lot of different ways. Yes. Um, so looking at the notes, like I had a pretty different experience hmm. uh, than you did uh, during this, um, where I was able to, uh, because I had talked uh, to the scab leader before mm-hmm. about the uh, atrocities and also because I had run a check. Um, I got the, I can't remember exactly where I got it, but I got the guy's real name, the, oh, uh, yeah. the victim. Mm-hmm. So you run a check on him and get information about him. And you can learn about his past. Uh, okay. And it's really tragic. Like, he was found in a wood chipper Jesus. Uh, that was not turned on. Like, somebody abandoned him. And he was he's actually the scab leader's brother. Um, mm. Foster brothers. They were both in the same foster home. The, the, the victim, Lily. Yeah. Yeah, the victim and, uh, and the scab leader. So you can start applying this. You can be like, hey, you know, and your senses will talk to you and be like, mention the wood chipper now. Okay. You know, like do this thing. And you kind of have a battle for that guy's soul with his other unit, his other uh, mercenaries uh-huh. being on, the, you know, the devil on his so- shoulder and you being the angel on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't pass everything here, right. but I ended up kind of talking him down in order to not have quite as much lost life. Right. In the end. Like there is a, there's a big gradient of people who can die Okay. in the scene. And if enough people die, it is a failure. Okay. Um, huh. So I didn't get so. any of that. Um, <laughs> like I was not able to deescalate this really at all. Um, and something that works, you know, against you in that, or, you know, is it, that makes this trickier is the fact that, you know, you've got all of these, you know, parties and they are, you know, they outnumber the, the mercenaries, but they're outgunned. Um, but the yeah. mercenaries themselves, they're all pissed drunk. Like absolutely, yeah, yeah, which makes them far scarier because they're way more unpredictable, and they do not respond in the way that you know they they do not respond in a way that makes sense because they are compromised. You can point this out, and it doesn't really matter because they were they were ready for a bloodbath no, no matter what. Um, the third yeah. mercenary who is here, Rude Honkloen. Um, well, this is the the fourth one. Oh, we knew yes. about three, and it upsets the balance that there are actually four. They have like their sniper, right, whatever. right. He's here, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like he's here, and he's not really like talking intelligibly. He's their sniper, um, and you know, like this is not going to go uh, for me. I fail all my checks, uh, you know, to, to 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 solve this through uh, to solve this through through uh, dialogue, right, mm-hmm. um, and. Ultimately, it's going to come to blows. And for me, the fact that I have the, the, the bottle of spirits with a horrible necktie in it, uh, it turns into a Molotov cocktail or, as it's called in the game, the spirit bomb. <laughs> yeah, the spirit bomb. Yeah, which is a which is a real good Dragon Ball Z reference they threw in there. Um, the yeah. If you don't do the spirit bomb, I actually ended up making uh, when everything started going down. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not click the spirit bomb option okay. and managed to shoot the guy through the eye hole of his helmet. Holy shit. Uh, just, wow. just every once in a while, you make one of those natural 20s, uh-huh. you know, in this game. And it was it was a nice moment. Um, yeah. The uh, the extraneous uh, fatality I had was the uh, lawyer got shot early on. Oh, wow. In this because of a check. Yeah. Uh, so she bled out. 
they they attempted to shoot her, but they missed for me. Yeah, they they hit. It's uh-huh. it's really great. It's really die rolly. Uh-huh. Like what's going to happen here? Um, when things actually finally uh, start going down uh, here. Um, you can dodge a bullet, a first bullet, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't necessarily do it. And then there's the one check you can't succeed in the game. It's the only force check in the whole game mm-hmm. is getting shot the second time by the uh, sniper. Oh, okay. By the rifle man. Um, when Kim comes up to talk to you about this, the radio operator is leveling her gun at him and you can warn him. Um, if you, and this is, this is great. It's an authority check mm-hmm. and just seeing the little modifiers, which was plus one, Kim trust you plus so two, much. Kim really trust you. It's so good. And I was like, oh my, I did, I'm doing right by my good boy. Yeah. I say, you know, him. like, like I, all of, all yeah. of this work comes to this moment. We're going to, we're, we're yeah. going to emerge. We're going to get through this, man. We're going to emerge victorious. Like if it is a world with Kim Kitsuragi in it, uh-huh. it's worth living in. Yeah. You know, like I love this character so much. Um, so saving his life is like the proudest act I did in the game. Yeah. You know, but you get shot regardless of which mm-hmm. and uh, you black out right. at this point. And I was, I was certain this was the end of the game. Oh yeah. I mean, it's such a uh, climax. Know, it's, yeah. it's not. Yeah. But I was certain this was it because it's such a climax, but the game does more because it's cool and clever. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. because the mystery has to be solved. Like, yeah, you know, we're, we're, exactly. we're going to find out what it is. One little detail about this that I love, you know, so when you throw the spirit bomb, you know, which ultimately hits the scab leader and melts his face, face off, um, really escalates things. Like I had fatalities on my side. I think two of the people died, including Angus. It was like Angus and mm. the old guy, um, were the, yeah. were the people who died on my side and all of the, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, let, let's just say that all of the, uh, the, the mercenaries got closed casket, the closed casket kind of, kind of deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, but as you're throwing the spirit bomb, you can talk uh, to the to, to the tie as it's, you know, in the air. You know, this is the tie that has been with you forever. And you can actually, like, ask, like, you know, you say, like, you know, who who broke my heart? And he says, you both did, Braton. Deep down, you know, it was the both of you. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yep. Uh, rough stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so you wake up. Yeah. Uh, in, you know, the, the, the next day. Um, you know, the harbor is now on lockdown, you know, like the violence did not spread. Mm-hmm. The mercenaries were sent home, but the danger's not over right. because they're not going to, you know, sleep with us. Uh, and Kim is the one who woke, woke you up and your room is entirely clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gart, the human Kickstarter portrait, uh, <laughs> cleaned it up while you were sleeping, which yeah. is very sweet, mm-hmm. you know, after being so mad. Yeah. Um, and he basically says what happened. Right. Um, you know, thanks you for saving his life. Yeah. Um, uh, and I love this. this moment because, you know, it's morning and he, and he, you know, pulls out a cigarette and he starts smoking. You say like, oh, I thought you only smoke one a day. And he says, yeah, this is the one. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep, yep. Again, this is like he is stressed out, um, but uh, not so much that he is going to break his rule. Yep. Um, you can, uh, you know, talk about like why the, the station, you know, you were shot. Why did none of my, my coworkers? Mm-hmm you know, uh, show up and there is no, there's no good answer for this. Right. Um, they didn't send anyone to help you and you can confront them about this later. Um, you were shot in the thigh and Kim nursed you back to health. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of fixed your leg one little bit as you're on your way out. Um, you can walk through Kim's room, mm-hmm. which I really just love the contrast yeah. of like your room and his <laughs> when you eventually see that. Yeah. Um, there's a major diversionary point here, which I did not have a save that was appropriate to grab it. Okay. But it's worth saying that you can let Kim die here. Right. Uh, this is way more common than I thought it would be, at least according to the Slack. Okay. Um, and if you do, Kuno is here 
and nursed you back to health yeah. uh, and is your companion for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not see this, um, but from what I understand, it is a little less satisfying, of course. Right, right. Uh, but that is uh, kind of the other companion you can get. Yeah. You know, it, he will be he will be with you uh as you go and ultimately solve the mystery uh even though it looks yes. like you know all of our leads are mess you know, all of our leads are gone because of you know just the way the way everything worked out um yeah. you know all that we have is this last hail mary which is you can go into Claudia's room and there's a note on her desk saying like hey see you at the return you know again when this you mm-hmm. know when the when the revolution comes back and she says ps i didn't kill him and then pps gift upstairs when you go up there um you can see that Claudia has rigged up uh using red string uh <laughs> using red string and tape uh the bullet trajectory uh, between yeah. the, uh, the, from the window to the, so the window, the wall, and then where the sweat dripped off the balls. Um, yes. no, so, and from, from yeah. the window to the, uh, to, to the antenna, uh, where it passed by. Um, and it points to where it happens, the one place you know, where the shot came from, the one place that you couldn't get to, which is this little island in the bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and this is, you know, again, just showing that she's, you know, much more like Black <laughs> Widow. Like she is a yeah. super spy. Yeah, she's doing you know, ballistics she can, she, analysis. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go downstairs, you talk to, you know, Gart. It's very soft. Yeah. You know, he appreciates you stopping everything from being destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk to Titus. He also appreciates you. Yeah. And you can uh, shake his hand and basically say like, hey, if you ever want to become a legit cop, like, mm-hmm. you know, come, come work with us. And he's like, yeah. maybe I will. Like, it's, it's very, you know, again, yeah. winning over this gave me a big feeling of camaraderie. Yeah. Well, I, I loved it because he says, maybe I will. And you, if you ever get tired of the suits, come on down here and yeah. be a Hardy boy. Like, I just, I love that. Yeah. And, and you're like, maybe I will. Like, it's very sweet. Like I got it. <laughs> Fucking, ah. Mutual uh, respect <laughs> between professionals. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, it's, it's really good. Yeah. Like it, it felt earned. It felt earned. <laughs> Why does that never happen in video games yeah. where it feels like this is the kind of thing that happens at the end of video games all the time where somebody uh-huh. is just like, actually, I like you. And it never feels like you actually went through the shit mm-hmm. for it. Like this, this kind of thing happens all the time. And I don't give a shit because it never feels like it feels right. The work was put in. Yeah. You know, and this is, makes the work like one of the, the huge things about Disco Elysium, like a metaphor I stumbled upon for something else the other day, is that it really bakes the cake. Yeah. Like, and what I mean by that is that a lot of, you know, I was watching It's Always Sunny in the part where Frank has to eat all the ingredients of a cake <laughs> yeah. to get out of the dog kennel. Yeah. A lot of games give you the ingredients of a cake. Uh-huh. Right. Like, here's the egg. Here's the, you know, here's the flour and stuff. But Disco Elysium bakes the cake. Yeah. Like all of my favorite art does the actual work to process this and makes me, you know, actually have to kind of appreciate it in, in its whole rather than just kind of see like, well, you know, these two characters fell in love for no real reason, but I guess if I buy that, Mm -hmm. then this statement makes sense. Like I don't have to, I'm not being asked to like buy anything stupid in this. Like once, once you buy in on the Starman premise, if you can get over the amnesia, Mm -hmm part of this and the the kind of magical realism tone yeah then everything else they actually put in all they show their work like a motherfucker yeah and like th- th- this isn't uh correct me if you know correct me if i'm speaking for you and speaking out of turn but this isn't you saying like oh it is a virtue for a game to cut up and chew your steak for you uh this is not oh, you know when, when we say like oh it bakes the cake it's not like they are doing all of the work for you um, like really though, like what that means is they're doing the baking because you're never really asked beyond that first miracle to extend the benefit of the, uh, the benefit of the doubt unreasonably. The game is generous yeah. to you. You, you know, it does not expect you to be generous to it in your evaluation. 
Exactly. Yeah. Like you can, you know, you do not have to meet this more than halfway at any point. Right. You know, in, in those terms, it's never just giving you a statement like, you know, heartbreak is bad. Yeah. You know, like breakups are hard. <laughs> you know, it's always synthesizing that in the form of stories. So uh -huh. the, the theming that happens between you and Titus is incredibly resonant, but it is basically mutual respect and friendship, yeah. which is the theme of 80% of video games that have friends in them, mm -hmm. but they all fuck it up because I don't believe the relationship. It's just these characters started as friends and they'll end as friends and the game's telling me they're friends. Yeah. You know, like the, it, it has the cadence of friendship, but it doesn't feel earned. Yeah. And here we actually see the process happen. Mm -hmm. You know, like we're, we're getting, they're showing the work. Like it, I guess it's like, it's more like it includes the recipe. Yeah. You know, almost like I, you know, the metaphor doesn't necessarily work great, mm -hmm. but I'm just saying it, there's yeah. something about how this game does not ask you to just believe like, Hey, uh, you know, Chrono and Luca are really good friends. Yeah. It's, um... you know, like they don't act like friends. They don't make jokes to each other. They don't have like, why are they friends? Uh -huh. I can buy it because it's children's media, right. but why, you know, it's, this shows the work yeah in a way that's just really really powerful the, the, this is borne out like uh in other in and other creative work specifically in, in in architecture there's the concept of the duck which is you know there are two reasons that a building could be called the duck one is it is a you know a rectangular anonymous building that has a sign on it that says duck or it's a building that was designed to look like a duck here yeah this is you know the, the, this is the, the this is the character that was designed to actually be a friendship not something that had a sign on it that said these are friends that said friendship yeah, yeah. like this person is good because the game is telling me it's good mm -hmm. this character is a friend because the game is telling me it's a friend i'm attracted to this person because the game is telling me mm -hmm. like no it actually it, it lives its kind of truth yeah with this and it just like why is that rare it like because, it's because not rare in any other medium it's not rare in stories <laughs> like it's not rare on tv it's not rare in movies yeah. like why is it so fucking rare in games just l l laying track is hard um yeah. and i think that there's just an awful lot of uh either a lowered expectation or there are resources or expertise that are applied elsewhere you yeah. know, in the, in the process of making this thing. And I think that this, this was developed, you know, to be so story forward, but they had the, uh, they had the secret sauce of saying the story and the mechanics are going to be basically inseparable. Yeah. And yeah. we're not going to take shortcuts with a story. Like this is incredibly right. like novelistic and yeah. literary. Mm-hmm game you know like, so, again, so the way we're going to do it is, is the peer <laughs> yeah. the way we're going to do this is to generate a herculean amount of text um and yeah. have it tied to just a baffling number of dependencies in this huge matrix that is always being kept track of that we're going to accomplish this by doing the impossible <laughs> and when tying this into a, a classic gary butterfield canard i really like that most of the dialogue in this isn't voice and i think mm -hmm. that that is a direct side product of this yes right like games that are deep rpgs where everything is voiced i have not felt this kind of work being shown mm -hmm. and it is very easy for me to believe part of that is because they need to voice everything right right you know so you end up with jade empire where a, a character instead of demonstrating like their depth like a kim mm -hmm. kitsuragi where like kim kitsuragi is not just like he likes open palm things and hates closed fist things mm -hmm. like he's much more complicated than that and you can only do that through words yeah. Like you do that through lots of words and you can't do that many words if every word is voiced. Right. And if you do, there's a body count. Mm -hmm. Like if you do, people die making it. 
Right. You know? Uh, so it just fucking a man like i need video games to get their act together yeah uh like just, it's, it's so it, disappointing sometimes Im- ima- just... Im- imagine writing a script for a thing knowing that every additional line that you add is going to like re- be reflected in the budget right yeah re- re- reflected non-trivially yeah. in the budget what kind of decisions are you going to be making you know to optimize like the actual like production process, like what are you going to sacrifice if every yeah. word is expensive? You know, text is text is not easy, but it's basically close to free. You know, it's the cheapest thing there is. Yeah, like there's a reason why you know if you're just getting started and get, like people make text adventures and Twine games and stuff with no budget. Right. You know, text is free. It's also the most powerful thing there is. Mm-hmm. Like the this like you know this friendship moment and stuff we're going to talk about. As we continue <laughs> so, like, in the game, had more emotional impact than any image uh-huh. in a game I've ever seen. Right? right, like you can you can do a lot with uh, impressive technical things, mm-hmm. but it's not nearly as powerful as just really good words. Yeah, you know that that's a cliche, you know, but it's a true cliche, mm-hmm. and it's one games don't lean into because games writing uniformly is like not great. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, like there are really well written games. There are games that are serviceably written. Yeah. Um. I I tend to be, you know, with a lot of games I think are serviceably serviceably yeah. written, but I'm never going to get this kind of feeling from, you know, uh, just seeing a, a vista. Yeah. Like I'm not going to crest a hill in the ghost of Tsushima, and be like, yes, this means as much to me. Yeah. As you know, no matter how many blades of grass are animated, mm-hmm. or what is happening with the god rays. It's yeah. never going to actually do that because it's not because it's cheap. It's a simple carb. Yeah. You know, it's not a cake. It's sugar. Mm-hmm. But this is a dish like this right. is put together. Yeah. I almost wish that this game didn't move me to tears, actually, because it would be easier. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm serious. Like, I, no, I know. It's I, just I, a funny I, I, sentence. I wouldn't. So, I, you know, I, I wouldn't trade the experience that I have with this. Like this, this, this resonated with me really, really deeply. And, you know, it, it, it made me it made me cry. Okay, mm-hmm. but saying that and saying like, oh yeah, like you know that this will move me to tears. It feels like hyperbole, right? And it almost like flattens the analysis of what happens here, and kind of like sums up that like you know, or you know, even if I'm not saying that being moved to tears is the highest achievement that can you know the the, the highest result that can be achieved by a good work of art. Even if I'm not even if I'm not saying that's true, that's kind of what you know what's taken away. There's an implication. Yeah, yeah. you know when what's happening here is so much more like multivaried there's more like to the spectrum of this that is broken out than bringing you to tears um but it gets flattened when you say like that it the, 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 that it hit that height and i think that well, it you know, go ahead. yeah p- people say people say that about eris dying right like <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it gets flattened because people deploy it incredibly easily and i'm right. not here to tell people they're wrong for having mm-hmm. that emotional reaction to that i'm here to say i did not have that emotional reaction to that mm-hmm. i did have this emotional reaction to this mm-hmm. for me personally i need a lot more of this in my games and a yes. lot less of the plot demand of this person die right you know mm-hmm. um so i just it's the right way to do it yeah, I think the, the most Gary friendly way to do it. If you mm-hmm. want to be more subjective about it. Like, yeah, yeah. This is what works for me. Mm-hmm. There's no denying that they did it this way, this way. And it is impressive and rare. Right. Yeah. It's incredibly rare. Even if you don't like it, like mm-hmm. there are people who are listening to this, who, who want to wedgie us real hard. 
about this conversation. We're going to talk about the Phasmid scene, and we're mm-hmm. going to talk about how we teared up. Yep. And there are going to be people who want to just give us a wedgie firing squad. Uh-huh. Like, just get just get six people. Five of them have fake hands, so they don't know who really did the wedgie. And, and they just are going to, like, you know, just absolutely beat us up for being nerds. But it's like, this is the kind of thing I see deployed in video games all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, people are constantly talking about how they emotionally react to video games. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt like an alien about it. I've always felt like, yeah. God, how are you crying about that? Right. You know, like why, why how is this touching your heart? It's so artificial. They didn't put in the work. Mm-hmm. Like you're bringing so much of yourself to this. Yeah. And this came to me in a way that I just, I feel yeah. so generous and, Right. Uh, I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I grateful. mean, like you, you say that as a joke because <laughs> great, grateful, you know, you're doing the Pollyanna game there, but it's, you yeah. know, I'm, I am grateful for this. Like, I am grateful. Yeah. yeah. Like the, 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 this has a very resonant and meaningful thing to say about humanity, which is yeah. just, you know, the, the, the highest value. Humanity is the highest yeah. value. Yeah. If your if your art isn't about the human condition, it's probably not worth making. Right. Right. Like that, that's, that's what art is for. Yep. Um, you know, and this just does a really good job of illustrating things about the human condition mm-hmm. that I see people say they're getting from dragon's dogma. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Like yeah. all of that dialogue feels like it was written by a machine learning program. Right. Like, how are you, how much of yourself are you rounding into this? Mm-hmm. Like Which, Herculean amounts. Like, that's the, the, you know, that, that is a valid way to engage with that art. You know, like you, yeah. you, you, you bring yourself to a lot of things. You, you know, I bring myself to this. But to say that that is, you know, universal, that like, oh, yes, this is how everybody is going to see it. It's just categorically not true. <laughs> yeah, it, it's I think that you can you don't have to put your whole being into something and just, you know, you don't have to fill in all of the cracks. Yeah, You know, like I, I want to I want to enjoy a medium where I don't have to just pretend like it's it's doing all it's, you know, getting rid of all the, the remainders on mm-hmm. its own. Yeah. Like, I don't have to just do that for it. Yeah. You know, I don't have to do all the rounding. Like, I didn't feel like I had to do rounding in this game. And that's such a rare experience. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking A. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway. <laughs> that that was all about the bullet point, Titus likes you now. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Titus. Yeah. Like, like uh, th- th- those like 10 words, that's uh-huh. the emotion for it. That handshake is really powerful. It is. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, earned. <laughs> Uh, so you need to get off to this, uh, get out to this island. I um, mean, mm-hmm. go talk to Lillian. Um, I went and did the date with her. Um, okay. it's not actually very substantial. Okay. Uh, she gives you her sword, which mm. acts as a, as a kind of a tool, like a bonus, uh, kind of thing, but, uh, nothing ever really happens with it. And okay. she insists that Kim came as a chaperone. We walked out to land's end. <laughs> right. Um, right. but she will go and, uh, take you out to this uh this island or like, allow you to borrow her boat to go off to the right, island right. Uh, it's also worth noting that joyce has left at this point once things went bad joyce got out of there mm-hmm. so yeah. um yeah so you know she talks about kind of her past with this island uh saying like oh my my deceased husband used to go out there uh but my kids have gone too she has these twin these twin kids who have been mostly just a you know set dressing up to this point you can go talk to them yeah. talk to the kids and they give you some contradicting information about what to expect over there you know, they have gone there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've set up fires. You know, they just have like campfires and stuff. Uh, there may or may not be electrical lights there. And there is a man uh, uh, who lives there who told them to put the fire out. But they can't say for sure if he actually lives there uh, in these ruins that are present. Yeah. Um, so you head out there. You listen to a song while you're sailing there very slowly. 
uh, the game is trying to signal we're in the end game, I think. Yeah. Um, and you get there, and this is a pillbox uh, from the revolution. This is a bunker. Yeah. Um, you go inside. There is a generator. There are signs of uh, people living here, and there's a bed. Um, Kim says, hey, you're still wounded. Mm-hmm. Like, you can uh, you can take a nap if you want. Uh, I did not do this the first time because I was oh, like, why wow. would I take a nap? Yeah. Um, no, I, mean, I did it the second time. I went okay. back and reloaded it. <laughs> cool. So right. it's, not, it's not that I didn't experience this. Mm-hmm. I just, I wish they had not hid this behind a nap <laughs> right at the end game when there's a murderer on the loose. Yeah. Uh, uh, right after I woke up. Like, mm-hmm. I came here right after I woke up and it's like, it's an hour later. I'm yeah, like, yeah. You can take a nap if you want. Like, <laughs> no, that's I don't know. They should have just, this should have been a dream. Yeah. Uh, the night that you got shot mm-hmm. you should have been like um, knocked out and then this is what you experience before you come back yeah you know like there's no there's no like it is uh it is puckish to hide this mm-hmm. content i think because uh, it is exceedingly good yeah um but yeah you absolutely want to take this nap because i mean you know pretty much everything else that happens from here is ultimately about the position that Harry is in and how relatable it mm-hmm. actually is in spite of how alien it seems at first. Uh, but this yeah. is, you know, this is where we learn. This is where we learn who the lady in white who smells like apricots is. We learn the actual yes. nature of, you know, or at least his internalized nature of the, the, the heartbreak uh, that, that left him in this state. But, you know, you lie down and you go to sleep for about an hour. And when you wake up, you're still in the bunker, but Kim is gone. Um, yeah. And you know, you start walking. There's a, you know, there's a door that takes you out to the beach. You're following your little, your little sense orbs taking you out there. And ultimately there is a chain that extends out across the ocean and you walk across it. And ultimately you do not land in Revachol. You land, um, basically you, you land at a pier in a different place and you meet Dolores Day. She is standing there and you can have a conversation with her as you know, she is standing on a curb. The water is the street and, you know, crosswalk lines are extending out. Yeah. Uh, and there's foreshadowing about this. Um, you're in front of a video rental place. No. Yeah. If you uh, use a phone and try to dial things from muscle memory, mm-hmm. um, this is one of the places you'll call and you can be like, oh, I used to rent videos from here and this will hurt you Yeah, because uh, everything related to the ex, your ex-girlfriend hurts you. Yeah. Um, the, uh, if you dial enough numbers, you actually call your ex. Yeah. Um, you know that number and that's a really tough scene. So that's there's ways you can rough, kind of foreshadow man. this. Yeah. yeah that, that's a really, really hard conversation. Uh-huh. Um there are ways you can foreshadow this, but this is your, in your mind, you have wrapped up the saint figure with your ex. Yes. Um, you know, she's leaving you. She's leaving Ravishal. Um, you know, it's time to go. It's mm-hmm. time to leave this, the city and leave you. Yeah. Um, and you get to be alone uh, and you get to be alone. How like in, in hell and like, yeah, and this is how it is alone mm-hmm. in hell. And this conversation can go a bunch of different ways as well. Like you right. get a lot of different little bits of this but it's all sad like you're just like why can't you stay why can't we talk and she's just like what is there to talk about we haven't already talked about Mm -hmm. like this is a very well realized breakup yeah just where where again you do not have the actual person in your head you have the version of them and you are going back to going back to them this fictional version and laying out every single case that you could make um, yeah. and it's not going to change the outcome, of course, because this isn't real. This is in the past. This is, you know, something about you. This is part of your story. Yeah. You know, this is a dream. you, you know, you can't get her to stay, you know, you know, she yeah. is. Yes. She is both Dolores and she has the X thing. I love this because electrochemistry gets to deliver some very good lines during this electrochemistry, which has been your basically been Beavis 
uh, never it settling down. <laughs> it's never yeah. settling down, constantly telling you yeah. to do drugs and be horny. But here, electrochemistry is butthead son. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Crypto electrochemistry. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but but you know, like this is kind of the element. This is this is where electrochemistry gets to shine. You know, because this is, you know, like it has a role in the way that you process love. You know, this is your brain and the chemicals. And I, I love what it says here. You know, as you're, you know, like, like looking at her dress, it says a thousand times you've beaten animal. A thousand times you've raised that fabric. What is underneath has always calmed you, centered you, and made you sane. You know, talking yeah. about just like the, you know, it's it, it's not coming, coming straight out coming and saying like, yes, she was hot. Like, oh, she was a 10 and you're a 4. Uh, but it's saying like, yes, there was a physical aspect to this love that was very fulfilling. And I am yeah. this Beavis who is telling you this truth because I can process it. Yeah. Yep. All of your emotions hurt you during this. Yes. None of your skills are on your side mm -hmm. during any of this thing, which is, again, is I really like being betrayed by that. A thousand times um, you've beaten animal. God, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just really, really mean. Um, you know, you can talk to her, and, and she says she has to leave you because you're insane because you've done that job so more. Like, you don't mm -hmm. talk like a person. You're always asking questions and making lists. Yeah, and you can say like, you know, it's metatextual. You can be like, they're not lists; they're trees. Mm -hmm. Like, they are dialogue trees. Yeah. Uh, you know, I am getting to the bottom of this case. I am a detective. Mm -hmm. And you can say like, you can invoke the job. Like, it's actually a really hard job. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, I know that it's, you know, it's, it's rough. It's a job that makes people sad. Other people get sad, but not like you do. Yeah. Um, you get, you stay down so long that you start giving your thoughts names and they start talking to you and you start talking to things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's your composure mm -hmm. or no, suggestion says, go in for a kiss. This is your last chance. <laughs> Such a terrible idea. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that you failed it because if you succeed in it, Okay. Uh, you know, so you, you do the thing, you kiss her and she doesn't kiss you back. Yeah. Um, you can, you can do all these things and, uh, suggest you suggestion will be like, Hey, dot, dot, dot. And you can be like, but I, but I succeeded in the check mm -hmm. and suggestion says that was a really bad suggestion. You shouldn't listen to me ever more and <laughs> ever again. Like you should put me in front of a firing squad for that man. Oh my God. Like, I wish I would have gotten really that. Good. That is so fucking real. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. the complete, like, just like the, I'm outside self-doubt yep. the mortification oh my god that is so relatable yeah it's really good man i you, i'm really sorry i done that i shouldn't have said that you should never listen to me yeah uh, like i was just like fuck dude i that just uh, hearing that makes me so giddy that is so fucking good it's really really good it's it's a it's a great line uh just fucking you know this whole thing's very heartbreaking yeah she moves her hand to her stomach uh and she says she's pregnant Mm -hmm. Um, and you can say like, it's not mine or ask if it's yours. Uh, yeah. You don't know how much time has already passed uh, here. Right. And she, and I'm like, it's not, it's not mine. And she's like, of course not. I terminated yours. Don't you remember you poor fuck, you poverty stricken fuck. Mm -hmm. Like she goes and turns to, to cruel because she is not real this is a construct yeah this is of this all is, of your doubts yeah you have created this thing to bludgeon yourself with and this is yep. you know she is telling you what you feel about yourself you know yeah. and 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 then she you know she, like this is drawing to a close i love this line that shivers says uh like this this broke me um and yeah. like just really raised shivers up in my you know i i liked all of shivers prose but like when it said all the roads will miss her footsteps when she's gone from here it's like oh fuck yeah it's like good. The, just the the city like just the, the 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 loss extends out to just the physical space yeah 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 
uh, you know, Je- Jenny Lee Montreal turned into a sort of ruin when you left. You know, it's just, uh, it, you know, the city is no longer good. Yeah. Uh, she's a city wrecker now. Um, the, uh, you know, and you ask at the end, you're like, will I ever see you again? And uh, she's like, oh, you know, I won't see you, but you're going to see me mm-hmm. um, about three times per week. Once this dream starts, that's that's how often it happens. Yeah. Like you've had this happen before. And, uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to see you tomorrow. Yeah. And you can be, and you can say, and I, again, I love this, you know, this is one of my favorite lines of the game. (laughs) You can say, yeah, but this is impossibly bad. And she's like, oh yeah. Like, you know, oh yes, this is real darkness. It's not death or war or child molestation. Real darkness has love for a face. The first death is in the heart. Harry, see you tomorrow. Fuck. And like, Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> Man. What a you know, horrible just, and relatable. Yeah. It's not just twisting the knife. It's spinning it around. <laughs> multiple times yeah. Uh, yeah god just the man so well put together oh yeah. gosh real darkness Every, has everything from here on is like just all triumph yeah like it's so <laughs> fucking like from the from like i the ruby encounter i liked a lot but uh-huh. from the tribunal on uh-huh. these are all the best parts of a video game i feel fucking i like, feel like it's such a dork just like like being giddy about this but this is the first time i've been able to talk about it and i'm processing it again so like yeah i'm yeah. gushing but like i don't know i feel this pretty deeply dude <laughs> yeah this is this is not the most dignified episode of watch out for fireballs but it is honest So we we wake up, we have a mouthful of blood, um, you know, and this this was a, a great like little like moment where I was dealing with this and, and Kim was asking about it. And yeah. I was just like, let's just solve the fucking case. Yep. Like, I, I you know, just we got to do this. We go outside um, and there is a guy uh, mm-hmm. here who is out by a fire with a rifle. Um, and this is the murderer. This is the deserter. Um, and it is breaking that rule of detective stories where mm-hmm. you have to have seen the murderer before. Yeah. Um, you know, when communism pulled the trigger, yeah. uh, this is, this is that, this is Yosef. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is Yosef Lilianovich Dros. Um, and he's very old. I mean, remember like the, the revolution happened 50 years ago. Uh, yes. the revolution was put down 50 years ago. Uh, you know, like you come up and he is just, you know, he, he hands over his rifle without a fuss. He figures I've, you know, I have been, uh, you know, I've been beaten and I'm going to have a chance to, you know, tell my story here. Uh, he was a political commissar, um, in the revolutionary, you know, army for the commune of Revachol. Um, you know, and like he joined it when he was 16 and pretty yeah. much immediately after that, the revolution was, was, was crushed. And he's been living here in exile for 43 years and 10 months. I'm a deserter, yep. a partisan, a prisoner of war. This is my termless surrender. So he's a he's a rem- yeah. he's like a one of the Japanese holdovers in those islands of yeah. the Pacific after World War II. Absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. And he you you basically suss out his history, and you're still doing a procedural. Yeah, um, you are looking for motive and all right. these things that you need to arrest him. But it's also just this like interesting and heartbroken story mm-hmm. that functions both as like really rich, but also almost an intentional anticlimax. Yes. Before the game throws the emotional like whammy at you in a second, <laughs> um, between emotional whammies, yeah. like the cosmological level, like mm-hmm. we're getting in, in order, mm-hmm. we're getting like the local politics climax, the character 
climax, the political climax, yeah. the cosmological climax, and then kind of the final like reality doom, you know, denouement <laughs> with your with your unit. Yeah, um, all these different themes are getting their own highlight scene. Yeah, and like the deserter makes a pretty good villain. He's simultaneously like you you can't really like identify with him. You know, he is mm-hmm. so you know he represents something <laughs> that in this world is you know so not I mean, if not discredited at the very least you know it has no leverage no weight anymore uh you know and it's, it's he's onerous he's doing terrible things but there yeah, is yeah. a heartbreak because you know again like you said this is the local politics he represents like this residue of the past of this particular area that is still around um like it is a part of the past of Revachol. Um, that is that has made a mark, you know, and like as you're looking at it from his perspective here, you see like, yes, all of Revishal is bombed out. Like you're seeing that like buildings used to be tall, but there are, you know, like they just it, it was blown up and it never got built back up. You're seeing bullet holes in the sides of buildings like, yes, this is still a place that never, ever recovered from the war that this guy lost. Yeah. And he never, ever recovered either. Like he right. is Revishal. Right. You know, you know, and he's a true believer. Way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, he, he mentions, you know, uh, kind of how he survived. Like he, uh, has not coped mentally. You can ask him about that and Mm -hmm. he's got years missing, you know, and this is probably, uh, being fairly close to the, the silence or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, and he survived by stealing, posing as a hobo, posing as a vagrant, but he hates doing it. Um, he hates doing it because he hates seeing people move on. Right. Um, he does not want the, the war to be over. Like mm-hmm. everyone gave up. Yeah. Um, and any kind of sustained fight for anything is exhausting. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, flash forward as we're recording this on August 4th, uh, you know, Biden gets elected and uh, most people stop worrying. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like it's going to be a bummer. A, a lot of people are just going to be like, everything is normal. And yep. good I can go back to brunch. Yep. Uh, that is going to be the primary mood of the nation. Mm hmm. Um, and this is somebody who will not stand for that yeah. disgustingness, yep. you know, yeah. yeah, you know, and like another element of this is, you know, he, he feels guilty, you know, like he survived when nobody else did, uh, yeah. you know, like he, 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 he broke, he saw, you know, like he said, like he said, like, this is when the mask of, you know, of, 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 of capital fell, uh, the combined might of international capital at once, all the greed and terror in the world tore into Revachol. Uh, lifted streets from the ground to turn houses into ghosts. It was real. I'd seen it in reality. The mask of humanity fell from capital. Um, it has to take it off to kill every, every, everyone, everything you love, all the hope and tenderness in the world. It has to take it off just for one second to do the deed. And then you see it as, as it strangles and beats your friends to death. The sweetest, most courageous people in the world. You see the fear and power in its eyes. Then, you know, yep. Yeah. Heavy shit. Yeah. Um, you know, at some point, uh, you take a little break and he's right. not going anywhere. Like mm-hmm. he's hurting. Yeah. Um, and Kim says like, listen, he clearly wants to confess, but he doesn't want to help us. Right. Like we're the police. We need to make it clear that he can't get out. Mm-hmm. Um, you look around the Island, uh, you see a sniper's nest yeah. and it has a clear view of uh, Klaski's room. This was the thing that had the least chance to be, or the shot was, and mm-hmm. it actually was the the real one. That reminded me a lot of the end of Transmetropolitan. Oh yeah, uh, you know. Um, 
And uh, when you head back, you talk to him about the confession. We're trying to get a motive. Right. Um, he basically says, like, he couldn't stand it anymore. You know, he saw these mercenaries come in who were just there to stomp on Ravishal for, for the liberal order. Um, he took the shot. He lo- he loved it. He took, he took joy in it. Mm-hmm. And Kim's like, you know, you're always looking through that scope of the rifle. I'm trying to understand. He goes, yeah, rifle scope has the best magnification. And Kim says, if you don't like what you see, you pull the trigger. Like, yes, it's a form of critique, mm-hmm. um, you know, and ultimately that was the motive. It right. wasn't to hurt this guy. It was to take, it was that Klajki disgusted him by finding comfort in this mm-hmm. man's arms. Yes. He should not have these things that he, that the deserter was denied. Mm-hmm. It was, is too unjust that these yes. mercenaries were able to fall into the arms of a, a good woman Mm-hmm. after doing everything they had done and what they had planned to do. Yes. And that is incredibly sentimental. And, yeah. you know, he had fallen in love with her, basically, is what this is. So that was the love as well. It was yeah. love that did her in, but it was communism that pulled the trigger. Yeah. You know, and, it, you yeah. know, it just like the, the the emotional truth that he felt, which is this heartbreak at being so alienated from everybody. But then the ide- ideological point that the the ideology that drove him to ultimately pull the trigger and you know yes. and make the kill yeah yeah you know and like, um you can work him up into a lather too like you can talk to him about like yeah he's been killing people a lot here and just because yeah. this is this is martinez nobody noticed you know like he just goes on and talks about just how, how everybody here is evil he talks about the how the rich only want to have sex with their children he even talks about like Everett claire like came out to him and tried to you know pretend to be a, a you know to be a comrade if you are a communist cop uh, you can talk to him mm-hmm. and try and like find common cause he says oh you're nothing but a filthy liberal <laughs> yeah like yeah, yeah you're a social it's, democrat it's, you're it's, not a communist. yeah it's it's never enough and like yeah. it pretty much becomes clear that edgar claire and everett worked with him to knock off the person who was in charge of the union before them so they could take over so like yeah his, his presence here is still shaping the political and material reality of martinez and the union yeah yeah uh, before we get to this other little bit, just because I forgot about something and I'll kick myself if we don't mention it. Okay. Him speaking of how the rich want to have sex with their children. I want to mention the guy who light bends around him. Okay. Uh, in the container. We talked about this off mic, I believe, right? Uh, it was at the start. I think we were talking about like how you're going to miss things. It was just three hours ago. Oh, gotcha. So yeah, it was three hours. <laughs> so it's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, but just real quick, just because I would feel it's a cool scene. Mm-hmm. Um in the uh, union, and this is such a dumb digression. I wish I had thought of this before uh, to bring this up. Um, but you can go into the shipping container where there's a man who is so wealthy that light bends around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a great idea. Uh-huh. He's incredibly uh, rich. He's really polite. But, you know, the laws of the world change around him. Yeah. Uh, and you can talk to him uh, and get a bunch of money by convincing him to invest in you. <laughs> Or you can try to get him to invest in a doomed project, and the doomed project you bring up is the tabletop game. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he 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 won't do it because he's like somebody else already talked to me about this, and it was a total total bust. Yeah, um, I just want like again, there's not a whole lot of like it, it gives you this like great thought mm-hmm. about uh, you know the end of capitalism, like it ties into this whole little bit. Yeah, yeah, uh, that you can equip, but I just want to make sure it's on the record because mm-hmm. this game hides its light under a bushel, and I it had to does. watch it online because I could never get that door open. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Back to back to the real game. Yes. Uh, so he admits to these, you know, to at least this one other, this one other murder, right? And like that's yeah. enough. 
you know, like you, you, and there's a great moment with Kim here too, where like, he does like a tiny little fist bump. Like, yes, we got what we needed, yeah. um, yeah. you know, to, 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 to put him away. And then things get a little bit more magical realism on us, yes. but in a very good way, because yeah. often the reads, <laughs> uh, something begins to move and this little side story that we heard about and either addressed or didn't, uh, comes to deliver more morals. The Insulidian Phasmid appears. Yes. Um, it was there the whole time. Uh-huh. It's just really hidden because it disguises itself as water stalks. And it's huge. Like, this is like a seven-foot-tall mm-hmm. insect. It looms over uh, you. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, everyone is losing their shit looking at this. Like, you can ask, like, Kim, like, hey, do you see this? Uh-huh. Uh, and Kim's like, yeah, I see it. Uh, so it's real. You know, Kim is your reality check. Mm-hmm. Uh, this and you have to have a certain amount of inland empire to talk to it okay. uh, again in this game hiding things from you um, oh, you cannot wow. have this conversation which is wild to me i can't imagine that yeah 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 this this is the emotional climax of the game for me uh-huh um you know uh and you talk with this insect uh here and it's incredibly sweet and hopeful yeah i mean um, it's it's alien it, you know, yeah. and, and it's such a good, it is such a good, like, uh, you know, a counterpoint put right after the, uh, the, the, the deserter because the deserter mm-hmm. is bitter and hopeless and exists only to kill. Right. You know, he just, yeah. he, he, he has been losing the war for 50 years and is ultimately cruel. Right. All of his ideology has just become a, uh, you know, an, ex, an excuse to kill people. Yeah. Yeah. A warped version of itself. Yeah. But the insulin it, it, it's clouded okay. by his like human emotions, even if he wants to be purely ideological. Yes. Like he's doing things out of jealousy, right. which is not a, a virtue. Yeah. But he is an observer. You know, he is at a remove. He cannot talk to people. Uh, he cannot interact. And then you have the insulin emphasmid, who is also an observer, cannot interact. He is speaking to you pretty much just because you are there and because you are receptive to it. And mm-hmm. he has thoughts about what he has seen and he is going to relay them to you. And this incredibly alien creature kind of ends up being, you know, the, 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 the mouthpiece for this games, you know, for the, for, for this novel's concept of what is important about humanity. Yeah. The spiritual climax, the yes. cosmological spiritual climax. Right. Yes. Um, there's multiple things. This can go a bunch of different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a limited number of questions you can ask it, uh, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have, obviously you have those one way streets. Like there are ways you can respond. Yes. Uh, that, that close things off. And he, the thing I love about this is that it's just as curious about you mm-hmm. as you are about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the idea that, you know, humanity spends all its time looking for this cryptid, but it actually like, you know, really, really is interested in you. One of my favorite, um, little, little bits in this is, uh, at the, he, it asks what you are and you say you're a detective mm-hmm. and it says, I'm a detective too. I try to detect sucralose. Mm-hmm. What do you detect? And you can say, I detect you. <laughs> like I try to detect, and it's so sweet. Like, yeah. I'm just like, God. And you know, it's, it's like a very sweet line. Yeah. Um, yeah. but he, just like you're, you're just talking about just kind of like the, like the basic, you know, the basic realities of your existences, you know, you can say like, Oh, I exist in sadness input after input. And it says, no, I don't have, I don't, I don't have that. All I really have is excitement when I find sugar. <laughs> unexpected mm-hmm. sugar rewards as it calls it yeah you know and yeah. it says you know i exist without a soul 
you know, and mm. you can decide. I said, you know, like you, you can you know, either be envious of that or you can react and be grateful for what you have. You know, I say, you know, I'm happy to be a sensitive instrument. And I, I, I just love this line. I know I've been reading an awful lot of passages from this, but this really uh, lands for me. You know, and it says, you know, it makes this observation. You know, it is speaking for all animal kind, basically saying few of us can begin to imagine the horror of you with all of creation reflected in your forebrain. It must be like the highest of hells, a kaleidoscope of fire and writhing glass. Love that eternal damnation. Even when you're sleeping and when you're awake, you carry it around on your neck with eyes open that cannot help but swallow more uh, uh, with eyes open that cannot help but swallow more behind the mirror. I feel great mute empathy toward you. Yeah, it's really, really beautiful. And again, that those arc words can come up. You can. That's what yeah. I said too, because I was feeling a, a spiritual moment in this. But you can say, "I don't want to be this type of animal anymore." Right, right. You can echo the thing you cried out in mm-hmm. your your oblivion night. Yeah. Well, you know? and, and also like, you know, like here in that description saying like, oh, more than you can swallow behind the mirror, you know, the the poem that this is kind of an homage to. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The furies and the uh, mirror more that than are you can at home in the mirror. Deal with yeah. about yourself. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, he says that uh, when you fall, we will come to rise you up, bud from you, banner like blossom from you and carry you apart in the sky funeral in honor of your passing. But not me, because I'm just a leaf eater. Yeah. Talking you know, about the carrion like, bugs that are going to repurpose you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. And there's, there's, there's no, uh, there's no answer yeah. to this. Like you can ask him like what the, basically what the meaning of life is, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. Uh, can, can all we do is beat our fist against it day after day with no answer. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he says, you can also eat it. If it's a leaf, you can put it in your mouth. Yum, yum. Or a reed. <laughs> uh, you know, just very, very beautiful. Like this idea of, you know, something I think about a lot in 2020 is that one of the only surefire ways towards happiness that I can imagine now is narrowing scope. Yeah. You know, so like when I think, when I use the big part of my brain that reflects, reflects all of reality, mm-hmm. I'm in a writhing hell and a kaleidoscope of fire. <laughs> but when I say like, oh yeah, but I also get to eat food that I like and have an orgasm every once in a while yeah. and like laugh, uh, <laughs> I'm okay. You know, and mm-hmm. that has been my path towards sanity as I've gotten more and more aware of how truly horrendous yeah. uh, this earth is. Right. And how, you know, the great evil that people are capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, like, this is just like a, a laser-guided sniper rifle to my heart. <laughs> yeah. You know, in terms of theming. Like, that's, it's like, yeah. man, that's something I've been thinking about for years. Uh-huh. You yeah. know, now. You know, just, and, and, it, and it talks to, again, the, you know, something that is inherent to human nature, which is self-awareness and a yeah. control over experience, that narrowing of scope, or, you know, more broadly, a decision that you make to be happy, you know, that yeah. is compromised by any number of things, by your lived experience, by your chemistry, any number, uh, any number of ideas, but like to a certain extent, your reaction is your reaction. And if you can assert control over that, then all of a sudden you have tremendous power over the world around you and yeah. your state of mind. And that is something that we as sensitive creatures have, you know, that's an advantage of ours. If we can, become aware of that enough to master it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Very, very sweet. Um, you can ask if it is a miracle and it says, no, like you're the miracle, which again is something that is a cheesy line, you know, <laughs> but the idea, you know, part of the, the theme of this game is coming to appreciate yeah. 
you know, the human, the human experience and the human mind yeah. for all of its good and bad. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the, you know, you know, I talked about the politics of this and some people have had like a, a criticism of this game that doesn't make a stronger political stance. Like it has a lot of things to say about politics, mm -hmm. but it has critique for all major political like wings that it discusses. Right. What I think this game is ultimately about is this in the face of that. Right. Like, that those political imperfect systems that we make with our imperfect brains that inevitably cause cause harm, even this one that is extremely beautiful in the the form of communism, which is a really mm -hmm. beautiful idea, is still warped and perverted through this rifle rifle scope. Mm -hmm. You know that this guy has just been killing people because of human emotions. Yeah, all of that stuff is set dressing. What is important is that you can have amnesia and wake up like Harrier Dubois any day mm -hmm. and remake yourself as the person you want to be. Yeah. Like that is a miraculous thing. Yes. Yeah. You know, you know, <laughs> um, you know, and it says the moral of our, our, of our encounter is I am a relatively median life form while you are extreme, all engulfing madness, a volatile simian nervous system, ominously new on the planet. The pale two came with you. Nobody remembers it before you. The the Nidarians do not. The radially symmetrics do not. Uh, there is an almost unanimous agreement between the birds, an almost unanimous agreement between the birds and the plants that you will destroy us all. I love that idea. Yeah. You know that you know, like I, I am relatively median, but you are extreme. Um, yes. You know, just and we have seen you know all kinds of extremes that happen here, and that observation is not you know a Ken Levinian point that uh the extremity in itself is terrible, but that it is the opportunity of humanity that is presented to us you know to well, navigate and that we're those doing extremes a bad ourselves job with that. oh yeah, we're doing awful <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's not you know there, we had a lot of potential it's a problemunity <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It's at best a problem at this point. Um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, absolutely at best. Yeah. You, know, you can ask a little bit about, more about uh, the pale, and it basically says, uh, you know, we're going to be responsible for ending the world. Yes. Um, here's where the climate change stuff comes in real hard mm -hmm. uh, with this, even though I do think that the pale kind of operates as an omni metaphor. Yes. Uh, for 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 many things. Mm -hmm. um, before it goes, um, you know. Uh, you it has uh, it tells you that you have what you can have just one more thought with it. Yeah. Um, and you can say, uh, you know, you have these options like the scariest thought, the kindest thought, or the most beautiful uh, that it is. And you, you can call it like you are the kindest being I've ever met, the most beautiful being I've ever met, or the scariest. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, uh, I call it the most beautiful. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. I said kindest. Yeah. Uh, for mine but regardless of which uh, i don't know what happens if you say it's the scariest it probably does not say thank you <laughs> um but it says we have one little piece of advice for you that woman turn from the ruin turn mm -hmm. and go forward do it for the working class like you gotta get over this yes um and one of the things that makes me you know hesitant about the kuno playthrough is kim takes a picture yeah of it he's got his um, camera so you, you get proof of it uh -huh. he has got he's got his polaroid uh-huh um and then you you reach out for it and it backs away and walks across the the marsh. Mm -hmm. And it goes um, away. This is where it goes away. This is where you get uh, Kajge's forged passport. This is what he stole because he was in love with her. Mm -hmm. You find his scope, which he mentioned that he misplaced, and you get the mask from the armor, so you yes. can have the complete thing. Yeah. Um, and with the phasmid gone, you know, one of the things you could learn when talking about it is that in order to avoid detection, it kind of emits this neurotoxin 
that is harmless uh, for for short exposures, but uh, very dangerous at long exposures. And the deserter has been here for a long time. Um, the deserter kind of visibly ages, you know, whereas he was coherent when he was speaking to you. He is nearly catatonic at this point. You know, he is kind of only mumbling, yeah. um, you know, his his mind without that when without the addiction or without his addiction to that toxin being fulfilled kind of progresses into dementia and you know the really we don't need to do anything um no you know with him he's not going like, anywhere. yeah he's not going anywhere we can just you know leave and come back yeah yep um so you return to the village and this is the end of the game uh mm -hmm. the people from your precinct have shown up uh the entire the crew. Yeah. Uh, and this is the climax of that storyline. You know, right. again, this, the series, like the denouement where it's basically like the way this reacted for me was a test of how well I had redeemed Harry, mm -hmm. you know, like, did I, did I do a good job taking this broken bird and fixing him? Yeah. It's a little bit like the, uh, like, like the psych report that you get at the end of silent Hill shattered memories, but better because it's yeah. reflected through characters and, you know, meaningful decisions that you made throughout yeah it wasn't about running through mazes yes how did you run through mazes <laughs> um the were they made of ice yes <laughs> uh so they're, they're all real mad at you and you can find this out as you kind of talk about this uh yeah. it's because you sent them away right you know uh they've had some other cases where you've sent them away told them they're cramping your style like this was a lot about me figuring out my uh complicitness mm-hmm in this, like I, there's a part where you can say like, Hey, you didn't come for me when you found out I was shot. And they were like, you don't want us to come for you. <laughs> right. Like you, you yell at us and throw things at us. Like when do we do that? Like right. this is on you. Yeah. Uh, you know? Jean here. So it's Jean, Trant and Judith, um, mm -hmm. you know, who, who we have all seen before. Uh, Jean is tough love in, in this, no matter what, no matter how good you were. You know, like yeah. he can, you know, he'll, he'll say like, oh, yeah, we're your task force, you dick, or what's left of it. Uh, it's a major crimes yeah. division. It's like the wire. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, of course, blame it on the two millimeter hole in the world because I'm cop of the apocalypse. He says, no, it's the 20 centimeter hole in your brain. You fucking lush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I didn't. I played this pretty straight. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the I mentioned the the Phasmin at some point. It was really good that I had the picture again yeah, yeah. Uh, for that. And Trant pops up. He's on the reason why he's been there is because he's a neurology consultant. Mm -hmm. And he mentions, and this is something I'm very sympathetic to, obviously. Uh -huh. um, what if what has happened to you is this absolutely normal reaction of the world we're living in? Look at the sensory input here. Look at the ruins, the neon. Listen to the radio, the multitudes, the people. Live here for 40 years. As a police detective, he's like a magnetic reader on the world tape. Harry's just been pushed flat against it. Total input, hardwired to the free market. He just needed for it to end. I'm sympathetic you know? to that, but also it's Trent delivering it. Um, <laughs> and well, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I just I, 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 that that was more of a joke. Like it is, it is um, thematically appropriate. It's thematically super on point, but also it yeah. is not like you know uh, something that a that is not a read that a police department should take into account when they are evaluating someone's performance, let's say yeah, it is, it is res it's resonant, not. but not functional. Yeah. It's just an idea that I happen to agree with. Yes. That like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a miracle. Anyone stays sane. Right. Um, you know, uh, Jean, your partner, I ended up having some sympathy for him mm -hmm. during this. Like he starts talking about things you fucked up on. Yeah. Um, I lost Klajke, uh, Klajke, and he yells at me about that. Um, he told, you know, the people who were lost in the shootout, Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, it would have been way worse. And Kim, because I had 
done a good job, mm-hmm. steps in and defends me. Like, you yeah. know, he has not been drinking. Um, you know, he's got unusual methods, but he's actually the best detective I've ever seen. Yeah. He was worried about my apocalypse fixation and my communism, but. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, you kind of mentioned that, hey, like we actually solved uh, the case, mm-hmm. you know, at this point he talks about, um, you know, losing. I was like, no, I got my badge back and everything. Mm-hmm. At one point, uh, he's like, you lost your gun. And I said, uh, oh, I did, but look, I upgraded to a rifle. <laughs> uh, and which, it's a better gun, uh, yeah. which was like my one, like not being straight laced during this. And was pretty funny. <laughs> That's good. Uh, to me. Yeah. Um, Kim points out the phasmid. Uh, I like, mm-hmm. I like that quite a bit. Uh, you know, saying like, yeah, it's related to the case, but also like, this is going to be a huge PR win. The fact that the, you know, that, that, that us working with these cryptozoologists, you know, it's going to really be a feather in the RCP's cap. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. discovered a Bigfoot. We have proof of a Bigfoot, mm-hmm. you know, um, you can ask them questions about your past and kind of learn about yeah. what happened. Like you are a former gym teacher. That's why the stuff in the gym mm-hmm. had uh relevance. Um, and you talk about this woman who broke your heart six years ago. Um, yeah. Her name was Dora. You weren't married, mm-hmm. but it destroyed you. Yeah. Like you've yeah. never recovered from it. Yeah. And they even say Not like even it, it was, it was crazy that she was sleeping with you given how hot she was. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's amazing. You even, you yeah. know, like, you you absolutely did not come back from that. Right. Um, you know, you're not a, a mob thug. Right. You're too unreliable for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, we're like, well, we need to tell Lena about the Phasmin. They're like, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Kim says he's going to go back. You know, and they all respect Kim. Like, he's a, yeah, a yeah. well-known detective there. He's going to write up a report. Um, you know, talking about how we basically stopped a war and something bad is going to happen to Revishal. And I ended up recruiting him into the, the 41st. Same. Um, you can also recruit Kuno mm-hmm. as kind of like a, a junior detective, Yeah, uh, which is a little silly. There's not like quite enough Kuno uh, <laughs> content to make me think he'd be a good detective, but yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, it gives him something uh, to do outside of, uh, you know, being around Kuno S. Yeah. Yeah. um and again the other thing you can get a lot of insight into uh john during this Mm -hmm. uh in that like he is also has these problems like he is an intense depressive yeah like he is he's the contrast for you he's the 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 version of the cop who is just the product of the job without the secret hairy sauce that like yeah you know turns you into super detective Mm -hmm. you know he's depressed he's a good cop he's really depressed because it's a hard job and being any kind of magnetic tape for the world is going to make you yeah. worse you know, for wear. Just like exposure to the pale, exposure to unreality breaks people in a particular way. Too much exposure to reality also breaks people in a particular way. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. I, I end up liking, I like, like, like Jean is a very fun character specifically because mm-hmm. he is so hostile, but ultimately like he's on your side, you know, like he's yeah. not here to upbraid you and say like, Oh, you're off the force. It's like, no, like we have to, like, this is just another one of your messes that we have to clean up. Ultimately they all respect you in a way that the earlier phone call did not show. But like, you know, when they called you super cop, when they, you know, I forget the name, Harry Mullins or whatever, when they called you Harry Mullins, it was true. Dick Mullins. Dick Mullins. There yeah. we go. Um, when they called you Dick Mullins, it was true. Like that was their opinion of you because you were a super cop. You know, your stats didn't lie, but also their opinion of you doesn't lie. It's just you've you've made things difficult because your behavior is unacceptable. But they love yeah. you, you know? Yeah, you can, you contain those multitudes. Yeah. You know, a person, this kind of animal, mm-hmm. is all of that good and all of that bad. Yeah. 
you know mm-hmm. uh that is that is a good that is yeah. a good message yeah um and it ends with you going back you know to the force with kim mm-hmm. uh you know i was going to join you know i had that project searchlight thought in my cabinet so in my head canon oh, that's yeah. what harry goes and does mm-hmm. is go to the unequivocal good yeah uh, and as i mentioned in the first episode weirdly the only possible way you could make a pro cop game in 2020 <laughs> is to do this because the idea of just like yeah i, I help people uh-huh. is still a resonant idea uh-huh you know regardless of whether it's tied up with uh institutions that are horrendously corrupt and yeah know, dangerous probably not redeemable yeah right yeah uh so for me you know i pat you know like just the, the the last line was an esprit de corps uh check that you know listening in on the captain at the at the you know department you know talking about me saying like yeah you know ultimately i don't worry about his instability uh because you know it's not really a problem because when the chips are down i know that i'll side with the people like he is going yeah. to he, he is ultimately going to uh be on the side of right yeah you and are a loose humanity. cannon yeah but <laughs> you get you results, get results. <laughs> yeah. it, it is it is a game that is playing with those cop cliches on purpose uh-huh you know, the DNA of them saying their original game they wanted to make, which was the buddy cop uh-huh. thing. There's a lot of that that still remains in this. It's just so earned and good that like, yeah. it doesn't come off as a dumb cliche. No, no. Uh, it's covered yeah. a lot of ground to get there and it can be emotionally yeah. resonant. Um, yeah. Even if out of context at the end of a six hour podcast series, it does sound cheesy. Um, yeah. Yeah. This won't be like as fun an episode for somebody who hasn't experienced it. Mm-hmm. And I, I was trying to think of what it is about this game. Like when in the slack, no one would believe that somebody else didn't get a thing. Oh, so really? like huh. somebody would be like, Oh, I did, I did this. And somebody would be like, Oh, whoa. And someone would be like, Oh yeah, I didn't see that. And someone else would be like, what really? Uh-huh. And I was trying to figure out what it is about disco Elysium that makes people have that reaction. Right? Like it is a game about die rolls. Of course there are things that are going to be, you know, you're not going to see, Right. but everybody it's, it's comes from this, like this place of everyone wants everyone to see, the goodness of this that they've seen, mm-hmm. you know, like, and that's kind of what this podcast has been, at least in part is for me has been exercising this and expressing like, man, you see this shit? Yeah. Like <laughs> you know, this is real good. I want people to have that experience. Yeah. You know, even in, and the things that like I saw that you didn't see, like, I'm just like, man, this is fucking exciting. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that you saw that I didn't see, I was like, man, I wish I had seen that. Yeah. Um, it just feels like it is all essential and mandatory mm-hmm. in a way that is just, I know I keep saying this, but exceedingly rare. Yeah. In games. Yeah. But just like, you know, you, you, it's hard to believe that somebody else didn't see something because your result that you got, even though it is up to, you know, choices that you have made in the game, either through build or through, you know, what you had, you know, uh, chosen to investigate, et cetera. You know, even though it is, you know, not entirely deterministic, it feels true. It feels like it can't be subtracted. Yeah. It feels like it can't be yeah. subtracted or substituted. Um, there aren't very many parts of this I think you could take away. Yeah. Which is one of those definitions of perfection. Like, I don't right. think this is quite perfect. There are a couple of things that I think are like mildly less than, mm-hmm. but there are not very many things that I would take from it. Yeah. Same. Oh. Um, there, there, there's, there's one final, just, I, I, I didn't make the, I didn't make the observation or the connection, uh, at the point where I wanted to, but the idea mm-hmm. that without the Insulidian phasmid around the deserter, you know, ends up becoming catatonic. I really like that from like a symbolic or, you know, f- kind of like faith or cosmic kind of level, just the idea that 
uh, you know, a purely ideological actor and, you know, uh, and an actor who is purely, you know, obsessed with humanity being separated from each other, the ideology loses, whereas the humanity continues. Right. Yeah. You know, that when you yeah. like, when you, when you separate those one goes away, I think that that is a very potent, you know, and understated kind of moral that is shown here Yeah, that one prevails yeah. in the absence of the other and the other cannot thrive. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> so, I mean, we, we, we already spilled all the sugar. I don't know that there's more sugar I have. No, um, no. this is, this is one of those games where I think that like, it's going to depend on how much like gamer psychographic you share with me because I can imagine and I don't think this person is wrong, but I can imagine the person who's just like not in the market for this. Like, I, I just don't want to spend much time reading. I don't want to read mm -hmm. this novel. Like I want to shoot stuff and, and, you know, play Robotron. Like I want to, you know, I play games to engage my motorics, mm -hmm. you know, as, as a, as a kind of uh, thing. I don't think that's bad. No. I think that if you are somebody who does enjoy story at all and not just story of like the Western, you know, you don't have to like torment like this. I think if mm -hmm. you're somebody who is like into night in the woods yeah. into, you know, uh, gone home into oxen free into yeah. any of these like narrative focused games, uh, check this out because yeah. it's going to kick you in the, the crotch yeah in a really good way <laughs> yeah somebody who is fascinated with story and games who you know that is their primary concern shouldn't be afraid of the mechanics in this no no and, no. you know and somebody you can handle it yeah like i promise you can handle an isometric perspective stop right. being such a wuss about that like mm -hmm. you can move a mouse and make a character move around in it yes if it takes you 15 minutes to get used to it i'm sorry for you but like <laughs> you can do it i yeah. promise that, you. I, that there is going to be so much here for you and i hope that you yeah. trust me when i say that simultaneously yeah. somebody who is fascinated with mechanics who sees yeah this is a bunch of you know this is a lot of story i don't know if i have the patience for that i don't know if i have the appetite don't be afraid of that because the mechanics here are inseparable from the actual yeah. experience you are making choices this is numbers based um and yes you know the story is the star here but it would be so much lesser if they had stripped the mechanics away from it 100 percent. like this is this is an object lesson in how to do a narrative forward game yeah uh to me and make it mechanically interesting and compelling and the way uh like an illustration the way that a mechanic will give weight to story Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that something is in danger or might happen differently based on my input brings me into something in a way that, uh, you know, something entirely passive never will. Yes. You know, and uh, this this is just, I can't think of a better example yeah. for that. It doesn't even have the torment, like, cheat to get past the combat mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. You know, but 100% in the Pantheon, like, one of the best games I've ever played. Yeah. Uh, it's a miracle. Absolutely. One of, yeah, absolutely. You know, no, you are the miracle. Just <laughs> um, yeah, I absolutely fucking adore it. Um, yeah. And I'm really hoping to have some, like, uh, extra time to uh, to play it just mm -hmm. for fun a second time. And even if I can't bring myself to be a, a big buff racist, <laughs> in it, I'll at least try to be big and buff. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. see what happens if I can punch out measure. Yeah. Head. So. You, you, you can back out of ideologies, too. It's fine. It just takes yeah. a skill point. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, holy shit. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. Um, yeah, thanks, Jack. Thanks for uh, giving us the nudge. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to uh, sponsor a game, 
uh, or if you want to support us or do anything like that, mm-hmm. uh, you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. It is hugely appreciated. Yeah. Um, $5 gets you all of our bonus premium episodes, including our next episode on Devil May Cry 1. Yeah. The 2001 game. I was saying 2003 in the past. That is incorrect. Uh, but yeah, uh, everybody gets the generalities on those premium episodes, but patrons get to hear the whole thing. Uh, and you get to hear all of them. Uh, we're coming up on mm-hmm. 20 of them right now. Yeah. Uh, and there's some really good episodes in there. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I agree. I think it's worth it. And also you get other shows. You get bonfire site chat, uh, rekindled, you get unfilmable at that level. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you bump up to $10, you get basically the whole fire hose of all of our bonus content, including adaptation decay and all of our, premium object sufferings um all the old ones all yeah. the archive yes, so five dollars gets you the ones as they come out mm-hmm. ten dollars gets you all the ones that have ever existed yeah um the uh if you have things to say about disco elysium or devil may cry hit us up at duckfeed.tv slash contact for our dispatch episode mm-hmm. if you have things to say about next month's games which are lords of magic plants versus zombies or the 2018 god of war uh hit us up by the 15th of september um and most of all uh thank you so much for listening and we hope to come back next time yeah we really appreciate you yeah uh what should they watch out for until next time cole um keep your eye open for insulium phasmids whatever your version of that is it's there it's waiting you can't see it but it'll talk to you